Yo, monkeys, it's me, P-P-P, the king of Adabinga, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. And you, well, you, monkey, you're listening on the S&S Network. Stay tuned or you will feel Big Daddy Cool Diesel slash Kevin Nash. You're listening on the FNS Radio Network. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. And you're listening on the FNS Radio Network. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. This is our break kid, Sean Michael, Mr. Hall of Fame 2011. And you are listening on FNS Radio Network. See ya. And I wouldn't want to be here. Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. The world is listening. Due to some violent content, parental discretion is advised. I'm mad as hell about these freaking whores who have pimped and raped and prostituted the sport of professional wrestling right down into the ground, right down into the gutter, right down into the circus with all the clowns. I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. It's still real to me, damn it. What you going to do when Hulkamania and the largest arms in the world destroy you? As I lock eyes with a warrior that has his face painted and the outer edges of his face plate interlock with each other then I know that that warrior is ready to make that sacrifice so that I shall live Wow, man, freak out! Let me see the ride! Jet fly! Keep stealing! What are you dealing? Say it again! Woo! I have obtained the goals that many men only lay in bed and dream about night after night. I have wined and dined with kings and queens, and I've slept in alleys and dined on pork and beans. You will rest in peace. And that's the bottom line. What? Because Stone Cold said so. It's just a man. It's showtime, folks! Well, you know something, Gino? The new world order is taking over professional wrestling. Are you ready? I said, are you ready? And if you're not down with that, 
Dallas has got two words for ya. Do I have everybody's attention now? In anybody else's hands, this is a microphone. In my hands, it's a pipe bomb. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Wrestling News Live with the bad boys of wrestling radio. And you two jabronis don't even have enough class to introduce yourself? What is your name? Wrestling. It doesn't matter what your name is. Here are your hosts, the Trey Dog and JJ Sexay. All right, guys, welcome. Good evening to another edition of Wrestling News Live right here on the SNS Radio Network. As always, I am Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps, sex eight. It's good to be here. A lot to talk about on this Tuesday evening. We're going to be running down the events of last night's Monday Night Raw, which saw a pretty hilarious anger management segment that was very akin to a movie I saw back in the late 80s early 90s what was it uh i think lita said it was sleepless in seattle but as i recall i believe it was oh what was that movie when harry met sally uh, we'll talk about that a little later on the program we're also going to be running down the latest news of the week including the fact that oh it's breaking news folks justin roberts is a menace a menace to society as he's getting tickets left and right Two weeks in a row on his way to Monday Night Raw. What's the world coming to? We're going to be talking about that as well. Uh, plus your phone calls, your emails on this live broadcast. I'm amped. What can I say? I'm, uh, I'm in a good mood. I'm looking forward to tonight. And, uh, you know, it's, it's good to be back after a week hiatus. I, I'm enjoying just doing Wrestling News Live right now. You know, it's nice to not have, you know, 25 different radio shows a week. It's nice to just kind of, you know, sit back, do one a week and have a little bit of fun. And I don't burn myself out. I understand exactly why the Trey Dog is on vacation. For those of you that don't know, if you haven't been listening the last couple of weeks, Trey Dog taking a sabbatical from the show, from wrestling in general. More than likely, he'll be back in the next couple of weeks. But we will we will soldier on. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me right now on the phone lines, he is, of course, the unofficial third leg of the tripod. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the Bronx father, Tony Mirabella. Hey, man, what's going on, JJ? Not much, man. How you doing tonight? Pretty good. Pretty good. I uh, got the day off tomorrow, so all's pretty well. And, um, yeah, man, you know, it's just uh, th- that segment last night was – I, I didn't know it, it didn't remind me of any movie. That's interesting. You bring that up. Well, didn't you? Uh, I mean, like if you go back to the clip, you know, they're sitting there talking and, you know, he's talking about we made our opponent scream and he's like, yes, yes, yes. You know, and then you've got Mae Young, who's like, I'll have what they're having, which was completely <laughs> uh, a rip from when Harry met Sally. And if you think back to uh, 2005, when they were doing the WrestleMania promos, they actually did another spoof. And that one involved uh, Christy Hemme and Kurt Angle in the same scenario. Yeah, I love Mae Young. Anytime you can have Mae on TV, 
I'm all for it, man. She's just, she's, I think they just give her her lines about 20 times. This is what you're going to say. This is what, I mean, that shit probably took her about an hour to memorize, but she's just so great. God bless that woman. You got to give it up for Mae Young. Oh, absolutely. For a woman her age to still be doing what she's doing, I couldn't believe it in the Attitude Era when she was taking power bombs through tables by Bubba Ray Dudley. I mean, you know, that woman is badass. Hell yeah. She she's, was probably in better shape 10 years ago than I am in now. So, shit, she's probably in better shape now than I am now. Well, so there you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, man. But like I said, I'm, I'm amped tonight, and I don't know why. Um, hopefully the, the show won't have any problems. I can't guarantee that the weather won't interfere. Uh, there's a, a string of storms coming through the Calgary area. Uh, it's been nice and sunny the last two weeks, and now we've got a thunderstorm coming through. So, Hopefully, I've got my fingers crossed that everything works out tonight. We don't have any problems. But if we do, that's that's what's going on. So I'm giving you the heads up now. Yeah, well, shit. You guys, for you guys, winter starts soon, right? I'd like to think uh, winter doesn't start till maybe November. I- I'm just looking forward to fall. I mean, fall is my favorite season every year. I, you know, I love the fall. I love the, the cool weather. You know, it's not it's not cold enough to snow. Of course, here it is. But... Um, I just I love fall weather. I love the leaves changing uh, in the trees and, you know, you get away from the summertime and it's right before winter. Fall has always been my my favorite season of the four. Yeah, me too. I I hate I despise hot weather and we've been having, thank God, great weather here in the city lately. We're actually having a fall this year. I mean, lately, this shit's been going just from summer to winter, but we're actually having some seasonable weather. So I'm happy. Now, I do want to say one thing. I was disappointed that I didn't get any any takers this week on the SNS Facebook page asking any questions for Booker T. I unfortunately wasn't able to get the interview with Booker T because the scheduled interview time that I had with him on uh, was it I was I it was like Friday of last week. I got a message from Colin Vaslow at Wrestling Dash Online saying that Booker uh, was going to be doing some traveling, so he couldn't do the interview last week. It's been rescheduled for this week i think it's friday night i'll be doing this interview or maybe it's thursday it's thursday night i'll be interviewing him in thursday night so um again guys i'm gonna put it out there if you have a question for booker t go and post it on the facebook page and i will take those and ask him the questions i was very disappointed that we didn't have any questions out there this week Man, I think what probably happened was what what happened to me in the three-day span between Wrestling News Live and, like, Friday, doing so many other things and, and me doing TNA Chat Live and working. I think we a lot of people may have just forgotten. I think what we need to do is just put something on the page and say, hey, listen, if you have any questions for Booker T, ask them here. And uh, believe me, a lot of people have questions for Booker T. Maybe it's a good thing that it got rescheduled because now we can refresh the memories of our listeners and remind them, get those questions in before the end of the week, and J.J. will ask the good ones. Yeah, exactly. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do that later tonight after the show. Maybe I'll just post something up and, and basically put it out there. But I was, I was disappointed. I was let ah, down, on, but it's okay. Well, i tell you what, man. Let's go ahead and get down to some business. Let's, let's get down to the brass tacks. Let's talk about that little thing that we call the Raw Recap. It's time for your WNL Monday Night Raw Recap with Don Brocks, the Brocks Father. Right, 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 
let's get the raw recap started. Um, raw comes to us last night from hell, my neck of the woods, if you really think about it, Albany, New York. And it starts off with CM Punk and Paul Heyman in the ring, basically saying they're going to hijack raw until justice is served. And by that last week, in the main event, CM Punk got pinned with his foot blatantly on the ropes. And uh, basically, Heyman calls out last week's referee, Brad Maddox, and says he will apologize and resign. Brad says that he was basically called in because of the three-hour format, AJ needing more referees. So that's why he's there. He's called an amateur. Punk calls J uh, AJ, excuse me, an idiot for hiring that referee. And Punk says, AJ, if she, if AJ was good at making decisions, she'd fire him, fire this referee. Now, AJ comes out, asks Punk and Heyman exactly who the hell they think they are. She dismisses this young referee. And then Paul Heyman, at his scumbaggish best, really, I mean, AJ really got destroyed in this segment. Marry me, and I promise you, your wildest fantasies of power will be realized beyond belief. Think, think, AJ, about all the power couples we're gonna trump. Brad and Angelina, Bill and Hillary, Triple H and Stephanie. Ouch. We will be the most powerful power. We'll be the most influential couple in sports entertainment history together we will rule the wwe universe because aj think about this i'll come up with all the ideas and you you can take credit for all of my brilliance because aj baby don't be offended i like them young dumb, uninhibited, and ambitious. And, well, Heyman sounded kind of like a dirty old man there. He gets the shit slapped out of him by AJ, and AJ walks to the back. Later on in the back after this, she basically is talking to the referees, and she says, anyone who screws up again is going to get fired. You know, it's funny they started this. I wonder if this is a backwards, underhanded shot at the NFL. With them using, you know, these amateur referees. I kind of got that vibe last night that this was kind of a dig at the NFL. You might be right, actually. With everything that's going wrong in the NFL, maybe that's exactly what they're doing here. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. But, you know, there's been so much stuff going on with refs lately in, in WWE that it's it's just funny. The timing is just perfect. But we have in our first match, Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler. And the referee not only ejects Vicky and R-Truth, but apparently he ejected little Jimmy as well. And Dolph Ziggler goes over and gets the win. We have uh, one of the segments you were mentioning with Daniel Bryan and Kane backstage with their therapist, whose name always escapes me. And they basically have, I believe it was <laughs> Bryan and Kane taking turns being the waiter and bringing out food, and it was just... I don't know. They were basically role-playing Bronx. Well, I kind of didn't get it. I mean, 
Kane is a waiter. He's he's bringing out food to Brian. I don't understand. I'm like, oh, where is that? I've never been in therapy, so I don't know. Just kind of weird. Well, it's good. It's good to know you've never been in therapy. Well, not yet, but you know, maybe I maybe I need it. Maybe that's a problem. But I mean, we're told interestingly that on Twitter tonight you're going to get to pick the name of Daniel Bryan and Kane's tag team. And I was rather happy with the result. I'll get to that later. The primetime players versus Santino Morella and Zack Ryder. And the primetime players go over. And I'm thinking the gold is going on these guys at some point. Uh, it's, it may go on Sincara and Ray first. But I think that the players are definitely going to be set up for tag champs. Maybe if not by the end of the year, early next year. Oh, without a doubt, they're getting a run. I hope so. I like them. Um, now, we see somebody that I was, wasn't expecting. Mick Foley comes out and talks about CM Punk. And Foley says CM Punk, you know, was a guy he used to admire, but now he's getting kind of scared at some of the stuff that Punk has been doing. He's, you know, uh, associating with Paul Heyman and Mick Foley in an excellent promo has some choice words about Paul Heyman. And he tells CM Punk, you know, you need to step up. So now, as a voice of one who is still relevant, let me tell you that I am deeply disturbed, not only by your recent actions, but by your alignment with Paul Heyman. Excuse me one second. It goes both ways. Show a little bit of respect, you jerks. I don't need your help. If you got something to say, be man enough to come over here and grab a microphone and I'll shove it down your throat. And as always, very typical of you, Mick, you have no idea what you are talking about. Oh, don't I? Don't I? You see, Punk, I used to be a, a Paul Heyman guy. There's no doubt about it. Listen to Paul Heyman can get you a certain way, and then you got to make the journey yourself. You see, I didn't become somebody that means something in this business until I stopped listening to Paul Heyman and learned to make decisions on my own. Now, I'm, I'm not sure just how long Paul's been in your ear, but it certainly seems to me like it's been a lot more than a month. I get it. I get it. Paul Heyman is slime. Paul Heyman's a liar. Oh, stay away from Paul Heyman. He'll steer you down the wrong no, no, path. No, 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 that's not it at all. Now, I was told a long time ago, 20 years or more, that Paul Heyman would rather climb a tree to tell a lie than stand on the ground and tell the truth. Personally, I never saw that side of him. Paul never lied to me. But you have to understand, at the end of the day, Paul Heyman is going to do what's best for Paul Heyman, not for you. And here's the thing that baffles me. Why, why would you, why would you, CM Punk, one of the most inspirational, thought-provoking, flat-out, best talkers we've ever seen in this business, why would you need a mouthpiece? You need to decide for yourself, punk, 
whether you're going to continue to be an inspiration in WWE or whether you're just going to be a, a Kool-Aid drinker. And, you know, Foley asking some questions that I've personally been asking, you know, why do you why does Heyman need to be with Punk as a mouthpiece? And both guys, you know, kind of kind of shooting on each other last night. And Foley says that Punk will have to make the decision himself whether he wants to go against John Cena at Hell in a Cell. And Foley puts over, you know, how much Hell in a Cell helped his career. And basically, that's how we end it, where... You know, he he, he kind of puts Punk in his place, but Punk has some good comebacks. And that's all, of course, going to lead up to what we'll have at the next pay-per-view. Um, our next match, we have Miz versus Ryback. Ryback goes over yet again. We have another backstage segment with Kane and Brian shown in the restaurant. They relive a match. You know, they talk about a match and how they kicked ass and they get kind of friendly with each other. And that's what we see. Them getting all excited and Mae Young being shown, and she says, I'll have what they're having. And I, I agree. That was pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, anytime you can bring Mae Young out, especially in a situation where, uh, you know, they they kind of portray her as a, as a nymphomaniac, you know, uh, senior citizen. So it just it worked in that particular instance. And, uh, you know, it's always good to see Mae Young on WWE television. Uh, big fan of Mae Young. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we see AJ talking to the refs and tells the referees how important they are because there's no instant replay in WWE. Again, another kind of shot at quote-unquote legitimate sports. She makes a match which will feature Alberto Del Rio, David Otunga, and Little Rodriguez. I don't know why I keep calling him Little. He's not that little. Just call him Ricky Ricardo. Rick, you know. Yeah, Ricky Ricardo. That's what he reminds me of. He's, they're going to go up against Sheamus. Rey Mysterio and Sin Cara in a six-man tag later on. Wade Barrett comes out and he goes up against Tyson Kidd and Wade Barrett goes over for the win. Now, we get our interview with Jerry Lawler who looked great, didn't sound so great, and I know why, because I've had surgeries where they put a tube down your throat and it's not at all pleasant. And I'll give you a little bit of what Jerry Lawler had to say Glad to see he's coherent. He looks really good. And here's what he had to say. Well, honestly, uh, the the last thing I actually remember is the first segment of the show. I remember Brett the Hitman Hart coming out and being confronted by CM Punk. I, I, I can recall that. And I realized that after that, uh, Randy Orton and I had a match against CM Punk and Dolph Ziggler. Honestly, I don't remember one bit of that. I don't remember what up, what all took place after the match. The only thing, the next thing I remember is waking up in the hospital there in Montreal. I, I'm, I'm leaving my return. <clears throat> my voice is just getting worse. But I'm leaving my return up to the doctors. As soon as they give me the clearance, of course, if you can tell right now, the voice would not be. I would love to be with you right now in Albany, New York tonight. But uh, I will leave that up to the doctors. And just as soon as they tell me I can come back to Raw, believe you me, the King will be on the first thing smoking back to Monday Night Raw. Well, Jerry, it is absolutely wonderful to see you continue with your recovery. Can't wait to talk to you again. Ladies and gentlemen, the King Hall of Famer, Jerry Lawler. And it was great, you know, seeing Lawler. He's okay. He's going to be okay. And that's the main thing. And I, I hope he's back real soon. Although, 
I am enjoying, you know, the commentary that we're having so far with good old JR and um, <coughs> Michael Cole, excuse me. But, uh, you know, I miss the king. Hope he's back soon. Well, you no, know, I, I mean, uh, as far as the king goes, I want to see him come back. But, I mean, obviously right now his voice not doing so well because of the of the tube down the throat. Right. And, uh, you know, what a great moment it was for, for Jerry Lawler to be interviewed via satellite. Um, he did look good sitting in his throne. And when the crowd was just, you know, giving him the ovation that they gave him, you know, they had him on screen for quite a bit after the interview. And you could just see how humbling it was for him. That all these people were, you know, all, all the messages he's gotten, all the phone calls that he's gotten. It was an overwhelming feeling of pride. And it was a very humbling moment for a guy like Jerry the King Lawler. Well, I mean, I would expect no less from the fans. I mean, myself as a fan, you know, I, I would definitely say that, that you would expect nothing less. I mean, he's just, he's been doing commentary for so long now. And of course, you know, it almost, he's been doing commentary for so long, you forget sometimes how great of a wrestling career he had too. Oh, absolutely. Got, absolutely. Yes. You know, you've got some old time fans who are going to remember that. I mean, he's, he is, he's a well-deserved to have that hall of fame ring. In my opinion, you know, there's not many people in the world that can say they have victories over Randy Savage, Sid Vicious, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, uh, Carrie Von Erich. I mean, some of the biggest names, you know, coming out of the 80s and into the 90s. Um, and he holds victories over all those guys. And then there was that match. I, I know he had more than one. There was a match I had saw. I don't think, was this the empty arena one? The, didn't he have like a brutal, savage match with Terry Funk? He did. And like the most famous part of that was, uh, uh, was Lance Russell was, was the commentator. And I just remember Terry Funk, Lance, my eye, Lance, my eye. <laughs> Yes, yes. Lawler had some great matches back in the day. I got to YouTube that later and watch it again because it's been a while since I've seen it. I'm sure it's on YouTube if you look. Probably. Everything's on YouTube. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's crazy. But, you know, this next match, something interesting happened that I missed last night. We had Alberto Del Rio, Otunga, and Rodriguez against Sheamus, Rey Mysterio, and Sin Cara, and our baby faces go over. During this match, and this screen cap has been just all over the internet, you get to see Sin Cara's face because Alberto Del Rio pulls up that mask. And it's a clear screen cap. It has been all over the net today. I missed that last night. I don't know how. Yeah, I missed it too. I mean, of course, I have an edited feed too, right? So um, I did see the picture and I'm like, I don't remember that in the match. But, you know, so obviously I missed it somewhere. Well, I mean, didn't they, people have been telling me that they had heat in Mexico, legit heat? I heard a story, something about uh, Del Rio's attitude in Mexico was bad, and, and apparently Sin Cara, who was, I guess, Mystico at the time, pulled a gun on him. I don't know. I, I, I cannot confirm nor deny that's a true story, but it is a rumored one that's been circulating, so... Man, if he's coming to the ring strapped, I would think he'd win every match. Well, no, no, no. He's not coming to the ring strapped, but he's obviously strapped in the back. Oh, well, still. Guess you know not to fuck with Sin Cara. You might get cap in your ass, but wow. <laughs> Kane and Daniel Bryan are shown again eating at the restaurant. 
Brian eats something. I don't know if it was a meatball or what it was, and he ends up puking all over the psychiatrist, which I got a chuckle out of. And um, the Twitter vote is in, and as of right now, Kane and Daniel Bryan are known as Team Hell No. Yeah, but which, I mean, that, that was, of the three choices, that was the obviously the one that sounded the best. I mean, Team right. Friendship, and what was the other one? Oh, God, I can't remember. Um, oh, Team Teamwork. Right. Which was yeah. stupid. So the only one, really, that you could go with was Team Hell No. I mean, yeah. obviously. The other two were just simply stupid. Team Happiness, my bad. Team Happiness and Team Teamwork and Hell No. Yeah. Leave it, up it, to the, it, leave it up to the good old people in the WWE to come up with some shitty names. Yeah. And it was interesting because in the next match, after we get that announcement, Team Hell No gets jumped by Damian Sandow and Cody Rhodes. And now they're calling themselves, and I got to say, I like this, the Road Scholars. Yeah, it was Team Road Scholars. But here's, here's my problem with this. As much as I want a tag team division, why would you take Cody Rhodes, who was doing great on his own, and now stick him in a tag team with Damian Sandow. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a step down. That's like, well, you were the Intercontinental Champion, and you were, you were going to be the World Champion at some point. We were going to give you a push. But, hey, you know what? We're going to put you in a tag team with Damian Sandow, and you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna feud with, uh, you know, uh, Kane and Daniel Bryan. Yep, sign me up. I'm there. Yeah. It's, yeah, they want to build a tag team division, but they should – my opinion is bring in new tag teams. Exactly, exactly. But see, that, that's the problem. When, you, when this company considers a tag team division, it's taking two former main event guys and putting them together, or it's taking two mid-card guys and putting them together in a tag team. You're not getting a tag team. You're getting two guys put together and forced as a tag team. And that's my problem with WWE and their tag team division. It's just not a tag team division. Yeah, and that's why I think the primetime players are getting over with me because they came in as a team, you know. They're more classic. I, I like, but there's really not many other. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Sin Cara, you know, and Rey Mysterio. I think they make it, they work as a tag team. See, but I'm, other, I'm, I'm okay with them, and that's the exception to the rule because with Ray's knees being so fucked up and with his health being the way it is where he gets injured after he comes back, Putting him in a tag team with a guy like Sin Cara, who they want to be the next Rey Mysterio, works fantastically because that means Rey's not spending as much time in the ring as he would in a singles match because he can tag out to Sin Cara, and he can also help him learn English or learn how to wrestle the Rey Mysterio way. So it's a win-win for both of those guys. Yeah, I'm almost thinking that at some point they're going to set up a big feud between them and the players which will eventually result in the players winning the belt and those two guys breaking up and eventually having maybe a WrestleMania match between Sin Cara and uh, Rey Mysterio. And that is probably going to be Rey's last hurrah, I would think. We'll see. We'll see. We have a, a Divas tag team match, Beth Phoenix with Eve versus Alicia Fox and Layla. Eve and Beth go over, but then Caitlin comes out. And she says she knows who attacked her, but doesn't have their face, but their hair color, which is blonde. Now, this implies to Eve that Beth did it. So Eve starts attacking Beth in the ring. 
and we end that that way. I, I don't know where they're going with this. Or maybe Eve was wearing a blonde weave. Right. That's that's what I was thinking. Some people are saying. Uh, I actually heard some people say today, "Oh, maybe it's Velvet Sky." Nah, I doubt it. It's 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 Eve with a weave, folks. Eve with a weave. That works. Eve with a weave. Hashtag Eve with a weave. Get it trending. You know, let's use Twitter. But Brodus Clay versus Tensei. We get no winner in this match because the big show decides to come out and basically KOs both Tensei and Brodus. So apparently, ladies and gentlemen, the big show is in fact back. Yes, and he, he KOs. Who was it? Lord Fatass. Right. And Brodus. Two fat asses. Funk got knocked the fuck out. Yeah, every time King, uh, King, where did King come from? Every time show does that, I'm like, you got knocked the fuck out. I just, reminds me of that movie. Oh, yeah. But, man, we end this with Cena coming out with his right arm in a sling. He said he's not supposed to be there because he's hurt. He says his future is in question. And, you know, of course, this coming from the guy who's been thrown through electric lights and hit with cars and run over with tanks. But his future is in question. He thanks the fans. He th This I liked. He thanked them for supporting, you know, uh, this foundation for, you know, uh, fighting against cancer. And I think that if he's helping to, you know, sell merchandise that's doing that, that's absolutely great. Uh, I had no problem with that. He apologizes to the referees for all the trouble that's been going on. And he apologizes for CM Punk. And basically says he'll be at Hell in a Cell to face CM Punk. Of course, CM Punk will have none of that. He interrupts Cena. And Punk says Cena should have been a politician because he's got his character assassin assassination down. Punk talks about how many times he beat Cena true says his title run won't end at the hand of a one-armed man punk says it's not fair cena keeps getting title shot after title shot true other guys deserve a chance punk says he won't fight cena at hell in a cell then he digs into the fans basically tells them to shut the hell up and says cena won't be medically cleared to compete by then punk says uh, that Cena is stupid to talk shit on him with one arm. He tells Cena, I'm going to turn my back and give you five seconds to basically get the hell out of here or something bad's going to happen to you. When he turns his back, Cena pulls out a lead pipe and attacks CM Punk. And basically, Punk powders out of the ring. And that is how we don't end Monday Night Raw, JJ. Hold on, hold on. You, you you actually said lead pipe. It looked more like an aluminum pipe to me. Just say it. Just say it. I mean, I, I know what a lead pipe looks like, and I know what a piece of aluminum baton looks like. And I'm pretty sure that was a piece of aluminum baton, but I'm glad they put it over as, uh, as lead. It was lead and aluminum look it, completely different, folks. See, what I was afraid was going to happen was Cena was actually going to beat the shit out of Punk with one arm and get the upper hand, and I was like, oh, God, no. The fact that he pulled out a foreign object, I think, saved it. You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't want to see that. I just had a feeling they're going to get into a scuffle, and Cena's going to get the better of them with one arm, and thank God they didn't do that. But the ending to Raw 
was really interesting. And we were talking a ton of shit in chat last night about this. In the back, CM Punk jumps Foley backstage. But before he can really go to town on Foley, Ryback shows up and kind of gets between Punk and Foley. And you just see Ryback staring daggers at CM Punk looking like he just wants to rip his head off. And CM Punk did a good job of selling the fact that he just took a big old shit in his trunks. And that's how we end Monday Night Raw. And this is a push that I wasn't expecting this soon. Well, I think what happened was that CM Punk stole Ryback's sandwich, and he was a little upset because he's a hungry guy. (laughs) He wanted his sandwich back. Um, No, look. In all seriousness, as far as Ryback is concerned, um, you look at the way he was booked last night, um, he completely destroyed The Miz. The current Intercontinental Champion was not a title match, so obviously Ryback did not win the Intercontinental belt. Um, I think at Hell in a Cell, I think he's walking out the door the new Intercontinental Champion. And I don't think he needs to be doing anything other than that until then. Uh, This thing with CM Punk, I don't know that they're going to have a match anytime soon i think he was just basically standing over mick foley but i think it's a prelude of things to come i think that we're right around the corner from a big push for that guy yeah maybe they could they could put it off as you know he's a young guy he's respectful of mick foley and he just happened to be in the right place at the right time and you know didn't didn't want to see foley get beat down by punk but you know i gotta give punk his credit because like i said he did a great job of selling that he was just scared shit of this guy. Well, so you know, I mean, maybe, go, ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, Bronx. No, no, I was going to say maybe down the road, you're right. It will lead to something, but I, I don't think you're going to put this guy in a world title, you know, push right now. You know, not, I'm not saying in six months that he won't be somewhere in the title pitcher, but I think that if they're smart, you know, Miz obviously just, you know, lost a match to him, which by all <laughs> rights should make him the number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship. And he should get a title match against The Miz. If that's the case, I look for Miz to be dropping that strap pretty quick. Um, as, far as, as far as Ryback is concerned, here's a guy that has the right look that Vince likes. He's obviously a pet project. I personally like Ryback. I've always liked the guy. I liked him as Skip Sheffield. You know, I thought that gimmick could have went somewhere had they, had they just furthered a little bit. I mean, he's a big roided up guy. He's not that bad in the ring. Is he a little stiff? Yeah, absolutely. But in a lot of ways, he reminds me of what the Ultimate Warrior was to the uh, to the WWF back in the late 80s and the early 90s. If you remember, Warrior was not the greatest wrestler, but he had the physique. He had that character that was intense, um, and it was something different that brought you know a little bit of notoriety. I mean, he was the icon for the WWF in the very early 90s after winning the belt from Hogan. Uh, you know, that that entire year 90 to 91 i mean he was like the man i mean they were making logos of the warrior he was like their icon you know for that company um i think i think ryback can wrestle and i think we've seen matches where he has been able to actually pull together some pretty good moves but i just think this guy has an intense presence about him and i I just i see big things for him company i I really think that he's going to be the next star vince really tries to make yeah and i mean he's getting over with just three words i mean the crowd that feed me more he starts chanting it and the crowd just chants it along you know with him that's that's over and they were smart incorporating that into the music 
And, you know, definitely I see the comparison you make. He's almost like a mix of Warrior, Batista, Goldberg, Goldberg. You know, just a big guy who doesn't... Well, I mean, the warrior talked a lot, but he never made any sense anyway. But I think Ryback's a guy who can get away without talking too much just because of his presence. Well, yeah, I mean, when you, when you go back and you look at, like, the poses that he does and the intense look that he gives people, um, you know, go back and, and watch matches with the warrior, you know, when he was doing promos or stuff. Like, he had that just intense, I'm going to fucking kill you look on his face. And you're getting that same thing with Ryback. And I think he's got the psychology of, of, of ring presence there. You know, he's a very intimidating guy. And, I mean, Vince has made superstars out of guys with less talent than Ryback has. So I don't have a problem with them making a new star in a guy like Ryback. I mean, let's face it, the John Cena era, as far as I'm concerned, is coming to an end. I mean, this guy's been on top for about 10 years now. You know, and there's a lot of people who would say, oh, well, you want this big you know, muscle-headed guy that's not that great in the ring to, to be a presence. Hulk Hogan was a big muscled-up guy that was never that great in the ring. You know, um, there's been a lot of guys that were on top of this business that were not great wrestlers but brought something to the table, whether it was a charisma, a certain look about them, a ring presence. And I think that, like I said, this is the next guy. Well, you even look at the bar, uh, not, uh, the warlord. I mean, there was a guy who, as a kid, he never said much. But when he came out, he just scared the hell out of you because of how goddamn big and strong he was. You know, he was a guy who, like, you see him in a dark alley, there's only one option, run. Fight isn't even an option. And that's, like, how I feel about Ryback. I'd agree with you. He's He just has what they call the look. And you can't get away from it. Absolutely. Uh, a couple things I want to hit on real quick as far as the uh, as far as Monday Night Raw. Um, let me just say how impressed I was with Mick Foley. Uh, the promo that he cut on CM Punk was absolutely the best promo I've seen him do since his return uh, from TNA to the WWE. I mean, there's been a lot of times where Mick's dropped the ball and, you know, he hasn't been where he needs to be. But I think what he brought out in CM Punk, that promo showed me that Mick still has the passion for, you know, for this. And just the things he was saying to Punk, you know, as far as uh, bringing up his, his title run, his 29 days as champion for all three of his title runs. Um, I loved where that went. And he talks about Punk building a legacy and how, you know, he earned respect in the Hell in the Cell match. This is exactly where they need to go here. And let me be so bold as to say, you can agree, disagree, I don't really care, the end of the night i'm gonna sleep just fine but i really at this point in time don't know what the situation is with john cena i got something i'm gonna read to you guys here in a minute but there's rumors that there might be friction between cena and vince as is, as it revolves around this whole surgery thing as he was supposed to be you know like two weeks and now he's saying six weeks here's the thing i really don't want to see john cena and cm punk in a hell in a cell I would much rather see Mick come out of retirement and school CM Punk in a Hell in a Cell match. And I think this might be the way that they're backing that up. If Cena is not going to be able to compete at Hell in a Cell, I would love to see Mick Foley and CM Punk do it right there in a Hell in a Cell. You know what? I have no problem with that. But when you do go into detail about this, I may have something to say. And it may surprise a lot of people. If, see, I hadn't heard this. This is the first time you talking about Vince and Cena. This is the first 
time that I've heard about this. And when you go into more detail, I'll let you know exactly how I feel about that. Well, let me let me let me break in and do that right now. Then let me let me give you what I'm getting. And I want to I don't know who posted this on the SNS Facebook page, but there was an article that was posted by WrestlingInc.com that uh, basically is from Court Bauer. Apparently, he joined Conan and Mr. St. Laurent on the MLW radio. They talked about friction between John Cena and Vince McMahon regarding this whole surgery issue over the past week. John Cena has his procedure done in Birmingham. WWE.com puts up that they're, that he'll be down for two weeks and because uh, he basically had removal of fragments from his bone spurs in his arm and his elbow, which if you follow sports, baseball players have it done all the time, usually the office, on the offseason. NFL guys will have it done here or there. It's a pretty easy deal. So there was, going into this, WWE didn't see any problem with how long he was going to be out. So the report came out. John Cena got upset with WWE.com, saying they got the story wrong and that he's going to be out for a full six weeks. And then he buries the WWE or WWE.com uh, and all the guys over there. The story obviously then switched to now he's out for six weeks. Uh, and this is Court Bauer saying this. From what he knows, Vince McMahon himself in the agent meeting, the producers meeting, told everyone straight up the dude is out for just two weeks. Okay, then going into that Tuesday, John Cena had different things to say. Uh, the WWE talked to James Andrews, Cena's doctor, who WWE and Cena did give the blessing to talk to. That's standard protocol for the WWE. They always try to interview the doctor, get insight, so they can have the news. Sometimes it's a kayfabe site, sometimes it's legit, sometimes it's TMZ, but that's the story. They interviewed him, and Dr. James Andrews said he'd be out just two weeks. So, again, back to the article. So you have to wonder if Vince and the doctor said it and Cena is saying six weeks. There's an interesting issue there. Is it that John Cena wanted the full six weeks out? Was John Cena then told something after Tuesday that conflicted with this? But it was very quickly thereafter they reported on the website that this was not, in fact, the situation. The reality is this. John Cena is coming off a divorce. He's beaten up. He's got a bad neck, a bad hip, bad everything. He's closing in on 36. The wear and tear of a guy like that uh, that goes is a company man. you got to think about that. And if you're Vince McMahon, you look at the clock, you look at the calendar, and you think, is it time to build the next John Cena? And this is all from Court Bauer, who's saying that there is friction between John Cena and Vince McMahon over this surgery issue. Now, my personal take... I don't know if this is legit or not, but I'm going by this report. John Cena is going through a lot of stuff, folks. He has been a guy that has been consistent out there. He is the old faithful in this company. Anytime they need something done, he's out there doing it. But at this stage in the game, would it be so wrong to give John Cena six weeks off and let him heal up? I mean, we've been talking about this for a while on this program and others, that He's the thoroughbred. He's their marquee guy. You need to build other guys to that spot. You know, and right now, he's got a lot of problems. He's got a lot of things going on. So I don't know what the official story is here, but there are rumors that there is friction between McMahon and Cena. Did Cena maybe fuck up with the surgery dates? Yeah, maybe he did. Maybe he made a mistake. Maybe lines got crossed, wires got crossed. Let me tell you right now, Vince... You should be on your knees every night after every show 
And regardless of whether you like this man or not, you should be kissing John Cena's ass. Because regardless of maybe if he made a mistake or screwed up, this guy through thick and thin has busted his ass for the past eight to ten years, making appearances he didn't have to make, rejecting time off he deserved, and going out and doing everything above and beyond the call of duty. And if it wasn't for him in the last couple of years, because I tell you, when Brock Lesnar picked up his ball and ran home and guys like Batista quit, Cena stayed loyal. He was always there. He busted his ass. There should be no heat. You should say, Cena, all right, a mistake was made. Yes, we're going to have to rewrite some shit. But you know what? Cena's not going out crashing fucking cars in a drunken stupor. Okay, Cena's not going out talking shit on the company. He's done everything above and beyond the call of duty. And if WWE has any heat with John Cena, then that just shows me what an ungrateful fucking company this is to its employees. Or excuse me, it's independent contractors. Because you know what, Vince? The fact you used to have guys you could push over the edge of that cliff need be if hogan got hurt you had warrior if warrior got hurt you had savage if savage got hurt you had someone else the fact that you are now scrambling to make another superstar is your fault and the fault of the soap opera fucking writers that you have there it's not john cena's fault and if cena did make a mistake and something did get crossed and he's got to be out six weeks instead of two he deserves to be out 50 fucking weeks if he wants to Deal with it. It's your fault. Screw that. Well, you know, and I, I agree with a lot of the points you just made. I mean, uh, I, here I am. I'm a guy that's not a big Cena fan. But I'm, I'm going to back him on this because the guy's gone through a lot. He has sacrificed a lot to be in that spot. And Hulk Hogan has said it in the past that Vince McMahon treats his, his wrestlers like, you know, like horses. You know, when they're old and, and dried up, you know, he sends them to the glue factory. He tries to get everything he can out of them. Hogan has been quoted as saying that numerous times in, in different interviews. <coughs> and I can almost see that point. Um, but here's the thing. Let the guy rest up. We've just come off, what, two different pay-per-views where John Cena has challenged CM Punk for the title. Now, yes, did CM Punk retain the title? Yes. Did CM Punk win the match? No, he did not. So does Cena have call for a rematch? Absolutely. Wait till Survivor Series. Have the rematch. I think this Foley thing is something they're doing right now as a possible, in case we don't have John Cena, we've got Mick Foley. And I'm not saying Mick's going to take a huge bump off the cage because he should never do that again. But I think that the psychology of a, of a Hell in a Cell match with CM Punk and Mick Foley is the right direction to go. And after he was attacked by CM Punk at the ending of Raw, I think this is kind of the way they're going. Why else would John Cena go out there and say, well, my future is unclear? Uh, you know, he had a simple uh, operation on his elbow, taking the bone chips out. So I'm not really sure why that was even said. I was with Cena on his promo up until the point he did the stupid five-year-old bullshit, you know, where he, he wanted to say motherfucker, but then he went back and backtracked and said something that I have no idea what he said. It just sounded like something my daughter would say. Their looper, darn something, yeah, PG. Just stupid shit, right? He, I thought Cena was doing a fantastic job in the promo. I was behind the guy, and then he pulled that, and I was like, okay, uh, typical John Cena shit. Not a fan of that. But I'm you know what? If John Cena needs six weeks off, 
by God, the man has earned it. He's deserved it. Give him six weeks fucking off. Well, I mean, everybody I, I hear do shoot interviews about Vince always says the same thing. Well, you know, he's a machine. His work ethic is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and he expects the same out of you. Yeah, but, bro, people get burned out, man. Every year I get a week or two off. Every so often I need a day off. You know what I mean? People get burned out. People are in horses. And this freaking guy, even a horse deserves time off. And this freaking guy, like I said, he has, he's done shit he didn't even have to do for this company. And to, to, to say you've got heat, you know, I mean, and again, we don't know. We're not there. We're not a fly on the wall. But still, if that's true, then that just goes to show me that, that this company really doesn't give a shit about a lot of its employees. And that's, or contractors. I made that mistake twice tonight, you know. I mean, come on, man. If, if, you know, maybe it was just, maybe Cena just does want time off. And Cena would have every right to stomp into Vince's office and say, you know what, Vince? I want eight weeks off. Make it happen. And if I was Vince, I'd be like, all right, champ, no problem. I mean, you know, stop, stop being a prick, dude. Stop being an absolute dick. Well, and let me preface this again. If you're just tuning in, you're listening, and you're like, what the hell is he talking about? This isn't this isn't a, a fact. I am I am reporting on a rumored situation that's going on now. I am in no way saying this is actually what's going on. This is not the fact. This is rumored speculation from an article that was posted today that I am discussing. I'm not saying that this is 100% legit. I'm not saying it's not legit, but I am speculating on what was written today. Well, to quote the late great co-founder of this show, JSK, we can neither confirm nor deny. We're just giving you the facts, baby. Or what we perceive to be the facts. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it is. Um, right. All right, let, let's shift gears a little bit. I want to talk about my favorite moment on Raw last night. Okay. It would have to be that wonderful main event-esque match between Mr. Money in the Bank, Dolph Ziggler, and the former Intercontinental and U.S. champion, Kofi Kingston. That oh, yeah. was pay-per-view quality, folks. And those guys delivered, obviously, match of the night. Probably one of the best matches I've seen all year. So kudos to both Kofi and Dolph. Just another reason why both of these guys deserve to be in better standing. Dolph should be, you know, should be, they keep saying he's a breakout star. No, no, he is a star. You just haven't given him that opportunity to be the star. And I think Kofi is, there's rumors that Kofi is going to be in line for a, for a singles title in the very near future, um, which I think is great for Kofi because sticking him in a makeshift tag team with Truth might have gotten over for a little bit. But I think Kofi Kingston, uh, bar none, one of the most athletic guys in that company, and just those guys put on a hell of a match last night. So kudos to both of them. If you didn't see that match last night, you are, you're definitely missing something. And Truth has legs as a singles, too. I mean, this whole thing with little Jimmy and, you know, he, he can get over. I actually think they'll get over better as singles. Now, Truth, a little bit better on the mic than Kofi. Well, let, but, let, 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 let me say this about Truth. Hmm? I think, you know, and Road Dog said this, I think, about a year or two ago when, they were, when, the, when the push for Truth was happening. Uh, I think Vince McMahon's about 10 years too late on, on Truth. You know, he had him in the company in the, you know, at the end of the Attitude Era. And, you know, he was K-Quick. 
And the guy was talented then, and, of course, he left and went to TNA and was Ron the Truth Killings. But I think they missed the boat with him because, you know, he's getting up there in age. I, I still think he's athletic as all, you know, as all get out, and I think he's great on the microphone. And I love the little Jimmy gimmick. But I almost feel like it's kind of sailed for him. I don't really think that they've got a lot of, a lot of legs to put on R-Truth, you know, for lack of a better term. I don't think they're going to put, you know, all their eggs in a basket for our truth I think he's, he's getting up there, and they're just not going to, they're not going to put it out there. I'd love to see Truth get a, get a nice push. But I think that they've waited too long with him. Yeah, I see your point. And Kofi's a guy who, I mean, okay, he's not the worst on the mic. He's not the best. But the fans, the fans are behind Kofi. Every time his music gets him over, too. I love fucking Kofi's music. And when he comes out, he always gets a pop. He but, always gets a pop during matches, before matches. When he wins, he gets a pop after matches. I think, yeah, you probably could push him up to the next level, possibly, uh, you know, another IC title or something like that. You know, he's definitely a guy that, that it would work. I mean, but with them wanting to build this tag team division, the two of them have been a tag team for a while now. I'm wondering, will they do a kind of heel turn for, let's say, Truth and the two of them feud for a little bit? Because that's always how tag teams break up. Well, yeah, I mean, but if you go back to um, go back to a couple of years ago when Randy Orton and Kofi were feuding, uh, you know, when Randy was the champion and, and Kofi was kind of chasing, you know, and I guess they had a match where Kofi botched something and Randy Orton got pissed and bitched in the back, and then, you know, he was just kind of relegated back to the midcard. Um, I thought Kofi had a lot of potential back when they started, you know, his singles push going after Orton. And I always felt like he kind of got blackballed in the back. And no, that's not a racial term. Um, just want to make sure that I clarify that, folks. Because <laughs> I know this audience. Um, but for lack of a better term, I mean, he kind of got blackballed and kind of got thrown back in the midcard. And, and it was because he and Orton had a bad match or he missed a spot and Orton fucking cussed him out in the ring and then bitched about him in the back. I mean... I just I, I think that Kofi has potential, and I'd like to see him move up the ranks a little bit. I mean, let's face it, guys. We've got to start building new stars, and I've been saying this shit for five fucking years now. You know, they haven't built up anybody. It's still the John Cena show, and it's got to be more than the John Cena show. You know, even, even when Hogan was the man on top, we just talked about that. You always had Savage in the background. He couldn't be the top babyface if Hogan was the top babyface. So Savage did exactly what he needed to do and became the Macho King and became, you know, the bad guy, which is exactly what CM Punk is doing right now because you don't have room for John Cena and CM Punk to be the two top babyfaces. One of them has to be heel. It's not possible to turn John Cena heel right now. So what does CM Punk do? He goes and becomes the top heel in the company, which is the only way he can stay on top. But they've got to get past the whole John Cena is the guy. You've got to build somebody up to be the guy. And they've done a pretty good job with Sheamus, but he's not there yet. Yeah, and, you know, getting back to something you said earlier, I mean, yeah, all right, Kofi Kingston botched a move in one move in one match. How many times has Randy Orton botched his freaking life? So, you know, I don't think anything he says is going to have pull anymore. And I think Randy Orton will never ever become what they wanted him to become and that is 110 percent his fault so you know if if that is what it was then that's just that's over 
you know, it's time to, to, to bring Kofi up. You've got to. Because now John Cena getting hurt is like, you know, it, it's almost like you think that gravy train is going to run forever. And you know what? Guys are human. And now maybe Cena getting hurt is actually a good thing. Not for John, but for the company where they say, look. We can't depend on this guy for another 10 years. He physically isn't going to have it in him. It's time. This could be a catalyst. We'll have to wait and see, man. And one last thing before we get out of Raw. I want to go back to the Mick Foley situation. Again, I'm not saying that they have this match plan that Mick Foley is going to be in the Hell in a Cell match. You know, I've heard rumors that he might be the special guest referee, which I really don't want to see. I've seen enough of Mick Foley in the Hell in a Cell where he's been the special guest referee. Okay. Um, Again, this is speculation or fantasy booking on my on, on my part. But I would love to see CM Punk and Mick Foley in the Hell in a Cell. And for those of you that think that Mick can't go, I, I just I want to say one thing. He did probably the biggest match of Randy Orton's career back in 2004. If you go back to Backlash 2004, they had a hardcore match where Randy even like you know took bumps on the on the tax and got the win over Mick Foley. He was the Intercontinental Champion at the time, but that match was really the defining moment in building the career of Randy Orton. And I think he could have another career-defining moment for a guy like CM Punk in the Hell in a Cell next month at the Hell in a Cell pay per view. No, I'd agree. Especially, I mean, and no one's saying put Mick over Punk, of course not, but have Mick take him to the limit. It doesn't have, have to be a title match. You know, Mick true. can say, I'm not interested in the title. I'm interested in beating respect into your ass. True, true. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, the stuff that Mick does best, you don't need to be in tip-top, you know, athletic shape to do. You know, in a hardcore match... Mick is going to come up with shit you couldn't even dream of, so it'll work. I, I, I agree with you. I'd have no problem seeing that as a main event. Well, like I said, that's just my opinion, my fantasy booking scenario, because, you know, again, I, I don't want to see another match with John Cena and CM Punk right now, you know, and I know they need a blow-off, but I think they need a break in between, and I think this is the right direction. If they, if they choose to go that way, I think that that would be the right direction to go, because then you don't have to worry about building up another contender. Right. No, I agree. But on that note, uh, letter grade for Monday Night Raw. Um, it wasn't the best. It wasn't the worst by far. Uh, great. You know, like you said, the, the match with uh, Kofi and Ziggler, awesome. Um, some of the things they did storyline-wise were good. I didn't even mind too much the backstage segments with Kane and Brian and the Doc. I'll give Raw a solid B. It, it was It was okay, and it left a lot of open-ended questions, so... I'm, I like that. I like wanting to tune in next week. I'll give it a straight-up B. One thing before I say this, I'm looking in the chat room, and there's a lot of people that say Mick can't go because his body's shot to hell. Even oh. a Mick Foley with a body shot to hell that doesn't have to do fucking high-risk bumps off the top of the cage can still put on a fucking decent wrestling match with a guy like CM Punk. Oh, yeah. I have no doubt they would still put on a five-star classic. Yeah. Because you're not only talking about Mick, who's a decent worker, but you're also talking about Punk, who's an absolutely phenomenal worker. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, my letter grade, you know what? I enjoyed the show. I'm going to go B. Again, wow. I, you know what? And I'm telling you why. I think that the Ziggler match and the Kofi match 
to me, was the highlight of the night. I actually enjoyed the anger management segment. Yeah. You know, at least one or two of them, anyway. Um, I really <laughs> I really liked the promo from Mick Foley. I liked seeing the rise of Ryback. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a B. All right, cool. So we're in perfect agreement this week. Scary. That is scary. It doesn't happen often. Nope. But, uh, you know, there, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of news coming out of Raw from last night that it was one of the lowest rated Raws because it was up against, obviously, the NFL. Talk <laughs> about a mess that was. I don't even want to get into that, but wow. You want to talk about botches? I mean, shit. They make Sin Cara look like fucking, you know, I, I don't know. Just, yeah, we won't even get into that. I mean, I, I had no problem missing that game last night. I hear you, buddy. Well, on that note, let's go ahead and take our first commercial break. We'll come back, read some news, and then, uh, you know, take some phone calls and, you know, read some emails. All right, pal. So that said, guys, you're listening to Wrestling News Live right here on the SNS Radio Network. We'll be right back right after this. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Ted DiBiase, the Mary Dollar Man, and you're listening to WML Radio. Everybody's got a price. Everybody's gonna pay. WrestlingOnline.com, the official news source of Wrestling News Live. You're looking for the latest news in the world of MMA and professional wrestling. Log on to www.wrestling-online.com and sign up for the largest and longest-running newsletter on the Internet today with over 26,000 subscribers and over 3,000 issues. And the best part, just like WNL, it's free! Once again, that's www.wrestlingonline.com. Wrestling fans, your ring announcer here, Sean Beckerman, and I'm proud to present to you the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast that's taking the IWC by storm beyond the bell. On each edition, we cover a different theme, taking you back in time to relive the greatest and worst in professional wrestling. We go behind the mic, where you will get backstage stories from the perspective of a pro wrestling ring announcer on the independent circuit. Find out what it was like to announce some of the greatest stars in pro wrestling history and the funny stories behind the scenes. And we wrap it all up with old school wrestling music. So tune in to Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. And I'll see you at the matches. It's go time. Hey, wrestling fans, do you want a break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W., 
And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. What's up, guys and gals? Sensational sequel, Sensational Sean, right here with you. You can catch myself and Ashley, yes, that is his name, on the open book. Every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Time, you'll catch us doing video games, the open book, fantasy, EFET, and movie and entertainment news. So check us out every Friday at 11 p.m. Eastern Time at snsradionetwork.com. Come check us out. News live on the SNS Radio Network. All right, we're back right here, Wrestling News Live on the SNS Radio Network. Of course, I am 
Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Allcap Sexay. And joining me tonight, it's not the Trey Dog, no, the founder, the host of Wrestling News Live, the Trey Dog, is on sabbatical. He'll be back in the very near future to the SNS Radio Network. But until then, it's myself and the man joining me on the phone line. He is the third leg of the tripod, the unofficial third leg, or the third wing in the tripod, whichever you prefer. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Tony J. Mirabella. Yeah, man. You know, talking shit, cutting promos, fantasy booking. I'm all about it. We're keeping it real. Mm-hmm. Apparently. It's funny. We went to commercial break. And again, before we went to commercial break, I talked about this John Cena news story, which might be true, might not be true. It's, it's a speculation at this point. But we, we talked about it right here on Wrestling News Live. And the irony of the situation, you know, that Vince McMahon is trying to get everything he can out of these wrestlers before they're washed up and done. And in the background, I haven't really been paying attention because I've been doing a radio show. But in the background, ladies and gentlemen, I'm watching Weekend at Bernie's. And it just the <laughs> irony, the irony of Weekend at Bernie's being on the TV and I'm just thinking, why not WWE weekend at Cena's? You know, the guy could be dead, and you'd have two guys carrying him around the beach house. And oh, oh I mean, weekend at Cena's. I mean, make that movie WWE because you're pretty much doing it in real life now. Oh, dude, <laughs> that is fuck. Oh, that is irony, Bronx. Some like it hot. Some like it cold. One never knows. Oh, oh I love that fucking movie. That no, hey, you know what? Weekend at Bernie's, the first one, good. Weekend at Bernie's, too, not so good. Ah, I don't know. I got I got a kick out of the second one when they played, when he had that curse on him, they played music, and he came, you know, came up and danced. I mean, you know, shit. Maybe Vince will want that out of John Cena, too. You know, they'll just play My Time Is Up, Your Time Is Now, whatever the hell his theme is, and he'll just start dancing to the ring. I mean... You know, I, I don't know. The best part of Weekend at Bernie's for an Italian guy, for me, was when the Italian hitman sees Bernie still, quote unquote, standing up. And he just looks at him and says, what is a very bad Italian word? And he goes, cornuto, and just starts shooting the shit out of the corpse. <laughs> uh, you know what? I love the scene where his girlfriend shows up, the, the mobster's wife. Yeah. Which is the whole reason he gets killed in the first place. If you haven't seen the movie, I'm going to spoil it for you. You know, Bernie's fucking the, the mob boss's wife. And so she shows up after he's dead, you know, because he's upstairs laying in the bed, and she fucks him. You know, and then uh, you've got, what's his name, uh, uh, Andrew Silverman, and I can't think of the other guy. They're like, well, how was it? And I was like, oh, it was good. You know, and I'm like, that's awesome. She just fucked a corpse. Good times, oh, good times. I remember when this movie came out in '89. I was, I went and saw it. Uh, I'm old. Yeah. I'm obviously very old. Shit. Next Tuesday, I'm 35, man. So, but no, you know what? Uh, good movie. I actually enjoyed the first one. The second one, again, not not so much. But uh, uh, weekend at Cena's. I'm telling you, WWE. Yes, oh. Jonathan Silverman and Andrew McCarthy. Thank you, Shifty. His name was escaping me, but. I've always liked Jonathan Silverman. I actually, I actually liked Caddyshack too, just because of Jonathan Silverman. You know, I mean, you had Jackie uh, Jackie Mason in that one instead of uh, was supposed to be Rodney Dangerfield reprising his character from the first Caddyshack, and 
didn't happen, so they brought in Jackie Mason, and uh, you know he played. Uh, and uh, uh, Silverman actually played uh, a caddy at the golf club, and uh, just if you've ever, you ever seen the movie, it's not as good as the first one, but it has some moments. Randy Quaid is a fucking psycho lawyer. It's just great. It's good stuff. So. Yeah, I saw both of them. The thing is, I saw like the first Caddyshack about ten times. The second one, I probably only saw once. I may have to go back and watch that again because I know I saw it, but I don't remember shit from it. Oh man, I love the first Caddyshack. Let's that, oh, yeah. that and Tin Cup to me are the two best golf movies ever. Now Tin Cup, I didn't see. Oh, you need to see that. I'll check it out. It's yeah. got Kevin Costner and Cheech, and even uh, not only does it have Cheech, it also has uh, has what's his name, Don Johnson. Oh shit! Really? Yeah. Uh, check that out. And Renee Russo. <laughs> yeah, buddy. The only Russo I get hot over. Not Vince. Not Vince. Well, that's what I said. The only Russo I get hot over, Renee Russo. Okay. I mean, Crazy you know, you bastard. You don't want Vince Russo from New York. You know, you don't want to get hot over me, JJ. You know, is, I, is, is Vince Russo booking the NFL these days? I don't know. He 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 may. I mean, you know, I don't know. Maybe up in the booth, you know, Russo was brought in. Yeah, maybe the XFL will come back. Maybe not. <laughs> yes, Farley. I liked Happy Gilmore as well. <laughs> Price is wrong, bitch. And then fucking uh, Bob Barker beats his ass. I love that shit. You've seen Happy Gilmore, right? Come on. Uh... I was trying Ross to think of something creative to say, but no, I haven't seen Happy Are you Gil- fucking kidding me? Oh, here we go. You have not. Your homework assignment for next week is to fucking oh, watch God. Happy Gilmore. Why do I got to get homework, man? I graduated high school like fucking 15 years ago. I cannot believe this shit. You have not seen Happy. Who the fuck hasn't seen Happy Gilmore other than the Bronx father? I don't think there's another person on this fucking planet that hasn't seen Happy Gilmore. It's probably one of Adam Sandler's only good films. Uh, now I've got homework. I knew I shouldn't have said shit. I cannot believe you haven't seen Happy Gilmore. I am, I am shocked. Trey would be beside himself right now. Trey would probably have that heart attack. Oh, dude. <laughs> You'd make it blow an O-ring. I'm, I'm telling you. I'm trying to keep it under composure here. But Trey would probably lose it on you. you. You kill me, Brox. You fucking kill me. And with my luck, he'll check out the archive and I'll get more shit from him. I hope he does. I, I hope he does. I'm disappointed. Because I know if he doesn't, you'll send it to him. Just to fuck with me. <laughs> I might. I might just send in the archive tonight. I don't know. All right. Well, I tell you what. Let's, let's shift gears. Let's get off the fact that Bronx hasn't seen Happy Fucking Gilmore. And move on to the news of the week. Sponsored by our good friends over at wrestling-online.com. If you haven't checked the site out, do so. There's a new web design. Looks pretty good. And if you sign up for the newsletter, you'll join over 27,000 others who get the newsletter, oh, I don't know, two, three, four times a week sometimes. You don't have to go to the websites. You get it right there in your email. It's easy and it's free, just like Wrestling News Live. What what, What are you guys waiting on? Click the link. Subscribe. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. May I have your attention, please? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. And now, the news. Well, let's see. The WWE has awarded a $10,000 scholarship to a full-sale university student. 
Yes, you heard me correctly. They issued a $10,000 scholarship to a student at Full Sail University. The scholarship went to Geraldo Gutierrez as part of the ongoing partnership between the WWE and the university. The partnership provides students at the university with the opportunity to gain real-world experience producing WWE NXT um, as Full Sail is the permanent home of NXT. The scholarship will be applied toward Gutierrez's studies in the Recording Arts, Bachelor of Science degree program, WWE Executive Vice President Talent and Live Events, Paul Levesque, awarded the scholarship on behalf of WWE in a ceremony held to kick off the latest taping of the WWE NXT series at Full Sail Live. WWE selected Gutierrez to receive the scholarship for exhibiting exceptional professionalism, creative talent, and maintaining good academic standing while shadowing professional WWE staff and crew during the production of NXT at the university. This is a great moment for our students and the university, says Gary Jones, president of Full Sail University. The scholarship is a testament to the WWE's commitment uh, to and its belief in the importance of education in the entertainment and media industry. Gutierrez was grateful for his opportunity and said that it's been a tremendous honor to have been selected for the scholarship. Education is a key pillar of WWE's corporate social responsibility platform, says Triple H. We are proud to award the first of many scholarships to a full cell student and thrilled to be able to continue enhancing the university's classroom, learning this unique hands-on experience. Well, as a guy who works at a college, and I know firsthand how expensive it is to try to get a college education today, you know, good for WWE. I've, that's, that's cool. If they can help these kids in any way, do it. So good for them. I would agree with that. Uh, bad news for Alex Riley, folks. Apparently, he's going to be out of action for a few months as he underwent surgery this past week to repair elbow and knee problems. Um, thought I would let you guys know that I had to have knee and elbow surgery earlier this week. Thank you for all your support. I'll be back as soon as humanly possible, Riley wrote on his Twitter. The 31-year-old has not been featured much lately on WWE television, and his last big push was when he feuded with The Miz back in 2011. Uh, I want to say speedy recovery to Alex Riley. I actually like that kid, and I, I hope for big things for him in the future. So get well soon, man. Man, he's young to be going through this shit now, like so soon. You know what I mean? Oh, I agree. That I completely sucks. agree. Um, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit earlier, Cena ripping on the WWE editorial team, so I won't really, really rehash that. Um, but another thing that happened over the week that I, I was dumbfounded by... Um, apparently, Linda McMahon promises to pay back creditors for a 1976 bankruptcy. In a fresh round of criticism against Linda McMahon, the Democrats of Connecticut blasted the former WWE CEO for not paying the creditors in their 1976 bankruptcy, and now Linda McMahon has vowed to track every single creditor and pay them back. The McMahon family had around $1 million in debts back in 1976, and court documents published by the Greenwich Time newspaper shows all the creditors and how much they are owed by the McMahons. In total, there are 29 creditors, some of whom have passed away. Over the past couple days, Vince and Linda have begun attempts to locate and reach out the individuals on the creditor list. It is our intention to reimburse all private individual creditors that can be located. We feel it's the right thing to do to pay them in full, including an adjustment for inflation at four times the initial amount as shown 
on the list of creditors, Linda said in a statement. You can check out the document at uh, www.grinwichtime.com slash local slash article slash McMahon. Uh, I'll make good on my debt. So there you go. Check that out if you want. But apparently the McMahons owe money from 1976. Now, let's also keep in mind that last time she ran for the Senate, they spent millions of dollars, millions of dollars on the campaign, and she's spending her own money now on the campaign. Maybe when you run for politics and you run for, uh, you know, a seat in government, you should probably take care of those things. Just, you know, just putting it out there so that, you know, your opposition doesn't have something to throw at you. But, hey, wouldn't it be great if you were one of the creditors, Bronx? Yeah, but come on, dude. You know what? When you're when you're a politician, and in this case, you know what the Democrats are doing. Like I said, politicians are so low that when they look, when they lay on their backs, they see Satan's testicles. I mean, come on, really? Look, when you declare bankruptcy, it's because at the time you cannot pay the debt. The debt is forgiven by a court, and for the next ten to fifteen years, you can't get shit for credit. I mean, these guys will just dig. They'll dig underneath a deceased family member to get dirt on someone, you know? Well, yeah, but I mean, it, it all depends on what they filed bankruptcy under. I mean, if it was like Chapter 11 or, you know, one, one of them, you actually have to have to make arrangements to pay them back when you get on your feet. Um, I don't remember which one that is, but so I don't know what their bankruptcy was. But I mean, really, if you're a creditor now that is owed money from 1976 and they're paying you four times the amount. You made a hell of a profit on that. Yeah, and you wouldn't have got paid back if not for this shit. But, you know, I think if she doesn't win this time, she's done. I mean, you tried twice. And I don't care if she wins or not, because I don't care about politics. But, I mean, you know, if you lose, give it up. Well, I think she's got a good chance, and I think she's got the right people back in her. Senator John McCain just endorsed her. So I think that Linda's probably going to get, get this run this time out. But we'll see. Yeah. Um, and some impact news, uh, for those of you that don't know, if you if you listen to TNA Chat Live, you, you know, obviously, that TNA is going to remain live through the rest of 2012, so kudos to them. I think it's a good decision on their part, and I hope that not only do they stay live the rest of the year, but I hope that they change the format to where it's permanently live, because, again, I think it makes for a better show uh, to be live, and you really don't want spoilers getting out there, and, you know, it, to me, it just works better. No, yeah. I'd agree. You know, I mentioned that, you know, that's I hope it goes to a permanent thing. I mean, at first it was only for the summer. Apparently something's working because they extended it through the end of the year. I just say you've been doing it this long. You've been able to do it. Keep doing it. And it's too bad Trey's not here because as I'm looking at, uh, at the newsletter where I get all my news from, um, opening words from the editor Colin Vaslow. Uh, as of this past Saturday, the 22nd, the Wrestling-Online newsletter officially turned 16 years old. That's right, 16 years old. So it really is just like Wrestling News Live. It's been around for 16 years. Wow, really? Damn. I did not even know that. So happy birthday to Wrestling-Online's newsletter. 16 years old. It truly yeah. is in alignment with WNL. Yeah, kudos to them, and it is a great newsletter. I get it myself. I mean, 
legit. You know, you don't even need to go trolling sites. Just look at your email. Now, there were rumors going around. I know that uh, that Crelly had posted something on Headlocks that he was hearing some rumors regarding Beth Phoenix. She's officially given her notice to the WWE. She is leaving the company. That's right. You heard me correctly. Former WWE Divas champion Beth Phoenix has given her notice and will be departing the WWE by the end of next month. She took some extended personal time off recently after death in her family, and it seems she hasn't recovered yet. The 31-year-old New York native made her WWE debut in May of 2006 on Raw, aligning herself with Trish Stratus. Her debut was short-lived after suffering a fractured mandible that kept her on the sidelines for a year. During her WWE stint, she won the WWE Women's title on three different occasions, the Divas title once, and the Slammy Award for Diva of the Year, and also joined the very rare group of women who, for, who have participated in the Royal Rumble. Um, I, I got to say, this is a to me, this is a huge loss for the Divas division. Uh, not that it really means anything to the Divas division because it is the Divas division, but she's one of the last female wrestlers to really leave the company, um, really leaving Natalia to be probably one of the most experienced wrestlers on the roster. But again, that women's division is not about wrestling it's about being eye candy so um i wish the best to beth phoenix i don't know where she goes from here but if she's done with the wrestling business i wish her well and whatever she decides to do yeah i mean whether it's tna or the indies or probably the indies for a while you know i mean definitely she's in my opinion she's too good for that division that's how low that division is sank in my mind she's too good for it so if she wants to leave in a way, yeah, you're going to get a cut in pay, but I don't blame her. Um, something that broke over the last couple of days, uh, WWE signed a major agreement with Hulu. There's a multi-year agreement that will bring the WWE programming to Hulu Plus effective immediately. Hulu Plus will offer WWE fans unlimited instant streaming access, additional content and programming on the go as it becomes the exclusive home for next day access to all WWE TV programming. As a clear leader in digital content delivery, Hulu is an ideal partner for the WWE, says Vince McMahon. Hulu delivers more ways for our fans to experience programming than ever before. Subscribers can access content across mobile phones, tablets, PCs, internet-connected TVs, setup boxes, and gaming consoles. WWE's content will be part of the $7.99 a month subscription that Hulu charges for the Plus service. This includes NXT, so those of you in the United States that don't get to see NXT, it's going to be a part of this Hulu package, so there you go. Yeah, I probably would have went with Netflix myself if I was them, but I, from what I understand, I've watched some free stuff on Hulu. I'm not a subscriber, but for 8 bucks a month, it's worth it. I mean, if you've got a good connection, I have no problem with that. I mean, I'm, I might even you know consider that and, and paying the 8 bucks a month because... Uh, I watch more TV on the internet than I do on, on cable. So, hell yeah. We talked about Ryback a little bit in the uh, the Raw recap. Apparently, over the weekend, Ryback was involved in a match uh, that was stopped due to, uh, due to blood. Did you hear about that, Bronx? Yeah, I remember reading something about that. Well, apparently, during a non-televised live event on Saturday in Sarnia, Ontario, uh, the match between Ryback and Jinder Mahal was stopped and announced as a draw. The match was halted after Ryback, the former Nexus member known then as Skin Sheffield, uh, Skip Sheffield, excuse me, suffered a cut in the opening minutes of the match, which led to a lot of blood. Ringside doctors attended to Ryback to stop the bleeding and ordered to stop the match. 
WWE does not allow blood anymore in matches due to their PG rating. Ring announcer Tony Chimmel then announced the match as a draw to a chorus of boos from the crowd. See, I never understood how bleeding isn't PG. I mean, it's something you, you your kids can understand. I mean, yeah, it's graphic, but as a little kid, I got hurt a million times and bled. Little kids five and above know when you get cut, you bleed. So I, I don't... I don't see how that's not PG. I mean, it happens, it happens. And I don't know. I, I just don't, I've never agreed with stopping wrestling matches because of blood. But if it was serious enough where, you know, Ryback could have been at risk and he was really gushing, you know, I wasn't there. I don't know the extent of it. Well, getting back to Ryback, since we're on the, uh, on the topic, if you watched Raw last night, you might have seen something a little interesting during the Miz-Ryback match. Uh, apparently, two fans stormed the ring, uh, and basically, believe it or not, Justin Roberts held one of the fans down. Um, <laughs> this is crazy. The incident happened as Ryback was in the corner getting ready for a clothesline. The Miz, who was getting up in the opposite direction, as soon as WWE cameras panned out for the wide shot, referee Scott Armstrong and a WWE security guard tackled one of the guys down and quickly got him out of the ring. The match continued without any more interruption. There is a video at wrestling-online of this if you want to go check that out. But, uh, you know, I just got to say, just because you buy a ticket to go to a WWE event does not entitle you to get over that barrier and bring your ass to the ring. And you got to be real cognizant of the fact that these guys do not take kindly to you basically stepping into their ring uh, because they will hurt you. They will beat your ass, folks. So next time you go to an event, stay your ass in your seat don't cross the barrier, and definitely don't get in the ring with a guy like Ryback. You're lucky he didn't kill you. You know, you dumbass marks. It says it on your ticket. You get your 50 seconds of fame. You know what? If you, can ha if you can't handle your goddamn beer, I mean, come on. And the thing I love is when they try to jump in the ring to defend the baby face, and then, of course, the heel breaks character, and he's going to kick your ass. Guys, it's a work. Stay the fuck out of the ring because the guy who you may be coming in there to defend is going to be the first guy to beat your ass. You're going to get choked out. You're going to get thrown out. And you're going to get arrested. Keep your ass behind the barricade. Come on. Well, I remember what was a couple years ago. Well, it was always that couple. It was like fucking 2002 when Eddie was having a match with RVD. It was a ladder match and a fan jumped in the ring and Eddie kicked the shit out of that guy. Again, you don't put yourself in harm's way and you don't get in the ring between two wrestlers I just fucking stupid i just I, I shake my head in disbelief at how stupid people are and you would know better than me once you step over that barricade and get in the ring the wrestlers have carte blanche to beat the fucking shit out of you right well, they'll take you down buddy yeah and they might give you a couple shots you just you don't do it it's it's it's, it's one of the unwritten laws you just you don't cross that line well, it should be common sense, but that's lacking in today's society. So. Uh, have you seen wrestling fans? Uh, I've some been among them. Some of them yeah. lack con common sense, man. It just, it's just the way it is. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Well, let's see. Moving away from Ryback, apparently WWE has a new social ambassador for Raw next week. Ladies and gentlemen, on October 1st, Larry King is going to be the social ambassador. Yes, you heard me correct. Larry King. He'll be tweeting. He'll be tweeting about the show to his 
2.42 million followers. In return, the WWE will plug Larry King's new show, which will be airing exclusively on Hulu, titled Larry King Now. So there's another tie into Hulu right there. It's all about the business, Bronx. Come on, Larry King is so fucking old that dinosaurs studied him in class. I mean, really? Him and Mark the Shark used to, like, you know, go to Moses's, you know, barn raising. And, you know, I think they were there when they parted the Red Sea. No, Larry King called Moses Sonny. Okay. Okay. This is a guy who looks like he's about one brain cell ahead of Mae Young. God bless her. I mean, I just can't watch the guy anymore. Retire, dude. You've got more money than Jesus, Moses, Allah, and Buddha combined. Retire. They're gods. They don't have money. Well, bad, yeah, I mean, bad choice. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Larry King is going to be doing that. And uh, the last two stories I have are going to revolve around some WWE talent. Um, as we've covered on this program before, Cameron recently got a DUI. She allegedly bribed the police the sum of $10,000 to not you know, arrest her for the DUI. Well, apparently TMZ, you know, the, the journalistic integrity that they have for wrestling fans these days, oh, yeah. uh, you know, your source for wrestling news, TMZ.com, is reporting yeah. that WWE diva Cameron pleaded not guilty to the DUI charge today brought, after her, uh, brought against her after she was busted earlier last month. When she was arrested, the male passenger, also in her car, told the cops that they were drinking martinis before driving off, and the police report says that Cameron, real name Arian Andrew, blew a .20, which is more than twice the legal limit in the state of Florida. TMZ also says that the official police reported indicated that she offered the cops $10,000 to let her go. Oops. Cameron listed Wells Fargo as her employer instead of the WWE on the internet. Oh, wait, wait. Excuse me. Cameron listed Wells Fargo as her employee instead of the WWE, and WWE officials didn't find out about her arrest until after it was revealed on the internet. She was already on tour on a tour overseas, but was pulled away, sent home, and suspended for her trouble. She returned a couple weeks ago to WWE television, and a pretrial hearing is set for October 23rd. This bitch is going to plead not guilty? Are you fucking kidding me? I can't believe you said that. I was thinking the same shit. Look, bitch. Your blood alcohol level is high enough where you could be a stand-in for one of the fucking aliens because your blood is going to burn through fucking metal, okay? Just plead guilty, pay the fine, get it over with. By dragging it out, all you're doing is shitting on the WWE. I don't see this chick lasting by to the end of the year. She's going to get fired. Oh, I think I think so. I think she's, she's uh, one step away from being fired. Unless she's blowing a you know point two zero for one of the producers backstage, I don't know. Allegedly, that might be how she's kept her job this long. I don't fucking know. Again, speculation here. Say I can neither confirm nor deny that she might be blowing somebody in the back to keep her job. Just saying, just putting it out there. Yeah, and she's probably above the legal limit in that too. Um, but my last story, and this is breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. It's an exclusive. I gotta thank TMZ for this one. WWE announcer Justin Roberts might want to invest in a chauffeur because he got pulled over on his way to work twice in the past two weeks, according to TMZ. 
Sources tell us the first incident occurred in Canada. Roberts was driving to a WWE show in Toronto and made an illegal left turn on his way to Monday Night Raw and was slapped with a $52 ticket. Okay, I can see this. You know, he's in a country he's probably not really familiar with, didn't know his way around. He made an illegal left turn. That shit happens. Okay, okay, cool. Incident numero dos went down on Friday. We're told Roberts was rushing from Pittsburgh to a show at Penn State when cops caught him driving 74 miles per hour in a 55 and hit him with a speeding ticket. This time it ran him a cool 160. Moral of the story, if you're going to break the law, do it in Canada. It's cheaper. (laughs) But anyway, so there's a post on the SNS Facebook page that he's busted. Okay, well, first of all, he didn't get arrested. He got tickets, so he didn't get busted. Uh, Are they grooming him to be the next Nick Hogan? I mean, what the hell? No, okay, look, he was speeding. Big deal. That's most people that are listening to this show right now have done that on a daily basis. From time to time, I'll speed. Doesn't mean I'm a fucking maniac and don't need to be behind the wheel. Now, granted, I don't usually do 20 miles over the speed limit. I have in the past. But wow. it's, it's a fucking speeding ticket. It's not a fucking felony, folks. Get over it. Yeah, I mean, at least he was sober when he did this shit. You yeah, know, it's, now, it's, it's yeah. just a person. Exactly. Had he got a DUI or a DWI or had he ran somebody over, you know, had he done 74 in a fucking playground zone? Sure, I could see somebody being upset about this. He got a fucking ticket, folks. He got two fucking tickets. Big fucking whoopee. Let's move on. Yeah, I mean, TMZ, man, they like just grasp at any straw they can get at. I mean, it's like, you know, come on, guys, really? You know, millions of people get speeding tickets around the world every day. It's like the only time they give a shit about wrestling is when there's something juicy and negative. Fuck TMZ. You know, going back to the SNS Facebook page, somebody said Lillian Garcia, uh, you know, just got arrested for jaywalking. And I said Ryback was arrested for littering because he missed the trash can. I mean, seriously, what's next? I I just, this kills me. Anyway, that's the news of the week. We're out of here. We're done with that. Again, go to wrestling-online.com for all your news and more sign up for the newsletter and join over twenty-seven thousand other wrestling fans for one of the longest running newsletters on the internet it just turned 16 folks just like wrestling news live and hey it's also free so on that note we are going to take our final commercial break come back read some emails take some phone calls if you want to send us an email it's wnlshow at yahoo.com wnlshow at yahoo.com And we're going to be opening up those phone lines and taking your phone calls and getting your thoughts on whatever it is you want to talk about tonight, whether it's Monday Night Raw, whether it's, you know, Justin Roberts being a fucking, you know, getting busted twice, apparently, you know, getting tickets and driving like a crazy maniac. Who knows? Whatever you want to talk about, we'll talk about it right here on the show when we come back from break. But with that said, you are listening to Wrestling News Live, and we'll be right back, guys, right after this. This is Jeff Jarrett, the king of the mountain, and I'm on planet Jarrett right now, listening to Wrestling News Live.
Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps sexay of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and, of course, some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, www.headlocks2headlines.com. Every Thursday, the SNS Radio Network gets in the ring and starts running the ropes. When I wa- I, okay, I, wa- I caught SmackDown again. I caught she- I skipped Sheffield's gimmick, and I couldn't help but to think that his new gimmick sounds like an Arby's uh, roast beef sandwich. Join Brian Maverick Bertrand and Chris Kelly from HeadlocksHeadlines.com as they talk about every random thing going on within the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and the NorCal Independency. Running the Ropes also features interviews with stars from the past. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog Jesse James. Present. What's going on, this is Kazarian. And this is the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. And future. Hey guys, it's Rima Fakis. And so much more. So join the guys every week on Running the Ropes right here on the SNS Radio Network. about creating memories I would hope that at this year's Bound for Glory I would create a memory to last a lifetime and it's going to be huge for one reason because of me to be part of such a special memory it was truly probably the best moment of my career what kind of memories will James Storm make at Bound for Glory this year Bound for Glory is where the guys leave it all on the line sorry about your dad why will Austin Aries steal the show at Bomb for Glory? Because I am the greatest man that ever lived. I look forward to Bound for Glory every single year because it's an opportunity for me to show the world what the it factor is truly all about. I am the best of the best. Is this the beginning or the end for Sting? Is it the beginning of the end for Sting? I'm the singer and I'm not done yet! We'll just have to wait and see what happens at the end of the night at Bound for Glory. Voy rumbo a la gloria. I am. I am. I. I am bound for glory. And bound. Gloria. I am bound for glory. Bound for glory. I am bound for glory. Where legends are born. Where legends are born. Are born. Where legends are born. And memories. And memories live forever. And memories 
and memories live forever. Pride. Pride. Courage. Courage. Passion. Passion. Glory. For the first time ever, TNA Wrestling is coming to Phoenix, and it's bringing its biggest live pay-per-view event ever, Bound for Glory. History will be made live Sunday, October 14th at the Grand Canyon University Arena. This is Samoa Joe and you're listening to Wrestling News Live on the SNS Network. All right, guys, we're back right here. Wrestling News Live on the SNS Radio Network. Of course, I am Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps, sexy. You're listening to Wrestling News Live. We're going to wrap things up here momentarily with some emails, some phone calls. And uh, during the break, I had a chance to go look at Facebook and uh, give a shout-out to the Trey Dog, who's apparently listening to the show tonight, because if you go to the SNS Facebook page, uh, he's already put up a graphic for Weekend at Cena's featuring John Cena, uh, Andrew McCarthy, and uh, Jonathan Silverman. So there you go, right there. Uh-oh, Trey's listening? He's listening, so you're in trouble. He's going to send something to you about Happy Gilmore later. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm either going to get fired or be forced to sing again or some shit. I mean... Last I checked, I was the one that had the firing capabilities here. Oh. I mean, he could fire you from his show, perhaps, but... You know, I'm the one that does all the firing around here, apparently. So, I'm sure, sure you're safe. Cool. I think you're okay, man. It'll be okay. Just, just calm down. <laughs> just breathe. Deep breaths. You'll, you'll be okay. I promise. Cool. Just don't fuck up on Trey's show. Oh yeah, that's that's all on my ass. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, we do have some emails. Uh, I want to open up the phone line. So if you guys want to call in, you're more than welcome to do so. There's two ways. Well, there's actually three ways to call in. You can, um, if you don't have a phone and, and you're obviously in the UK or wherever you're listening, you can give us a call on Sunday Night Showdown on Skype. All you do is add Sunday Night Showdown to your Skype client. Or if you're in the United States, you can call us toll free at 1-888-890-9618. If you want that number again, it's 1-888-890-9618. If you're in the chat, it's above the chat, so check that out. For anyone else, long-distance charges may apply, but you can always call 501-588-7957. Once again, five, excuse me, 501-588-7957, right above chat. If you want to give us a call, do so. But while we're waiting on some phone calls to roll in, I want to go ahead and run down a couple emails that we have in the box. Hello, everybody. Sorry, I'm a little nervous. I've always really wanted to do this. I have received an email. Of course you have an email, you idiot. Just read it. All right, so this first email comes to us from mark from the uk hey guys jj i know you don't really like the tna product so i'll keep this short and sweet i'm really liking the aces and eights work they got going on at the moment 
Maybe a bit of a silly question, but who do you think the aces and eights are? I'm thinking maybe one of them is Chris Masters as a guess. On to the WWE. Really needs to change that WWE title. Okay, before we move on, I'll go ahead and answer that. I have no idea who the aces and eights are aside from um, Drew Hankinson, who you might know as a um, uh, former follower of CM Punk. Uh, what was his name? Luke Gallows, yes. I know he's signed with the company, and he's portrayed one of the members of the Aces and Eights. Rumors are it's Wes Briscoe. Masters has been thrown around. I really have no idea who they're going to put in this. I haven't watched TNA Impact, so I'm, I'm the worst guy to ask. You need to ask Bronx. Bronx, any suggestions? Well, at the end of the day, it's who makes sense. And I think it's going to be, you know, regardless of who's portraying them now, we're going to see probably someone like Jeff Jarrett involved. You know, I think we, we might, might even see Bischoff behind it. I don't know what Bischoff's status is right now as far as TNA is concerned. But I think it needs to be some big, well-known names. And it needs to, to have a reason behind it. Because when you do a storyline for months and months, it's got to be big when it when it ends. And I hope they do the right thing. And I think the culmination will be a Bound for Glory. So stay tuned to TNA Chat Live and stay tuned for Bound for Glory. Let's see what goes on. Uh, let's see. Back to the email. Uh, WWE really needs to change that WWE title. It's the John Cena belt. They should have changed it when they lost it. When he lost it. It has way too much bling for me. Uh, my favorite title was the Undisputed. That was a good-looking title. Now this is my prediction for Rock Punk, Brock, Steve, and John. Punk will be champion until Royal Rumble, loses the strap to The Rock. Then they build up Steve versus Punk for WrestleMania. I'm assuming you're talking Steve Austin here. Um, I've actually heard that's not going to happen this year, if, if at all. Maybe next year, but he's not going to be ready to go this year. So I think Steve versus Punk isn't going to happen, but we'll see. Um, he's also saying here that he thinks it's going to be John Cena and Rock for the strap at WrestleMania. What do you guys think? I think that's probably a, a good indication of where they're headed. I think that you're going to see the rematch, and I think that John Cena will beat The Rock, and, and he'll be the WWE champion. He'll win the belt from The Rock. Uh, it's the only thing that would make sense after last year's loss to The Rock at WrestleMania. You really need to have John Cena put over in a big way if you're going to do it. So that's the way to go. Um, okay, I've taken up more than enough of your time, so all the best, and I will keep on listening. P.S. J.J., it was a long time ago, but I did send you guys an email and you struggled to understand what I was saying. My spelling is not very good, so I hope you can understand me this time. All the best. Yeah, good email this time, man. No problems. Yeah, cool. I mean, you know, I don't know, man. Rock Cena 2, the thing about that is they haven't been really mentioning the Rock at all lately. I mean, you know, it's it's almost like, you know, The Rock talked about Royal Royal Rumble. Is he going to be back for Royal Rumble? I don't know. We haven't heard anything. So I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen. Steve Austin getting back in the ring, you know, I don't know about that either. Can he, you know, with his neck problems? That, that's the big thing. That's true. That's very true. I don't know. I, I just, I know that there's, there's this rumor about Punk and Steve Austin and, you know, there's a tie-in with the whole, WWE 13 game, which is looking more amazing by the day. Supposedly now we're going to have more information in the coming weeks as to what this game is going to... Uh, we already know about the Attitude Mode era, I mean, which, which is great. Um, the Attitude Era Mode, rather. 
We already know about that. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to playing that alone. But the fact that uh, the achievements list was leaked, there's going to be a creative championship, supposedly. I'm waiting for confirmation on that. But the achievement list looks to be legit. So it looks like creative championship is going to be back this time out. Uh, I want to find out about universe mode. Um, I'm, I'm really psyched for W13. I mean, I, I'm looking forward. We are a month away, literally. It's October 30th when this thing releases on all major platforms. So uh, I'm really looking forward to this game. Yeah, I mean, you know, if if I had the console to play it, the Attitude Era mode alone would make it for like, I like the way that gears more towards the adult gamers. You know, kid gamers really probably won't care about that. But guys like you, me, to have an opportunity to relive some of that and do some creative shit with it, kudos to them. I'm, I'm glad they put that in there. Well, I mean, it's also a good tool to show the next generation of, of wrestling fans what it was like, you know, with Stone Cold and The Rock and everything. I mean, obviously, uh, this mode is, is going to be PG. I mean, it's not going to be as, as intense as it was during the Attitude Era. They've got to dumb it down a little bit. But I'm excited at the prospect is what we're going to see here. Yeah. Um, let's move on to our next email. Uh, by the way, the phone lines are open, guys. So if you want to call in, please do so. Uh, while we're waiting on a call, let's go ahead and, and take out, tackle this other email we have here. This one comes to us from the Oaken Desk of Hunjo. Long time WNL listener, Hunjo. Wow. Greetings, JJ Bronx and the SNS family. Long time, no email. I trust that everyone is well. All is reasonably sane here in the Ozarks. No zombie outbreak as of yet, but I keep hoping. <laughs> Apparently you guys aren't selling bath salts there. I don't know. <laughs> Um, Trey's vacation is long overdue, and I hope he comes back soon, but only when he's ready. While I miss the dulcet tones of the grandfather of wrestling radio. Yes, I read that correctly. The grandfather of wrestling radio. WNL is still the best wrestling radio show out there. No offense to the rest of the shows on the SNS radio network, but the standard bearer for wrestling radio has earned that reputation for a reason, and I suspect will continue for as long as the powers that be see fit to produce and air the show. Now that I've sufficiently buttered up the hosts, I'll get on with why I'm writing this email, which has been a long time coming. For a while, I've felt a growing disconnect between myself and wrestling for some time. In the last few weeks, it's become apparent that it's not wrestling in and itself, and I find myself jaded toward. Rather, it's the WWE. It's become painfully apparent during last night's show. I tuned in late and was just in time to see the end of CM Punk and Mick Foley. I managed to sit through the next two unforgettable matches and the Jerry the King Lawler interview. After that, I began to question why I was watching the rest of the show. The six-man gimmick match was geared toward an audience much younger than myself, and while I can often find something redeeming in even the most inane children's show, I could no longer stomach. I fully understand that wrestling hasn't always been geared somewhat for the lowest common denominator, but the current WWE product goes beyond that, beyond the pale. Looking back over the last few months, I can honestly say I have not managed to sit through not even one entire three-hour episode of Raw. It just simply doesn't hold my attention long enough. That has led to this decision. I will only catch Raw on a download after there's a favorable review on the recap on WNL. No other outlet has shown enough objectivity for me to trust their opinion slash rating. On to happier topics, it's been great fun to watch Bronx's rise as an on-air talent while there's a small part of me that's jealous of your position and your access you've, the access you've garnered in your time with the network, it's been because of your hard work to improve your mic skills. Nothing was given to you. It was earned. 
doesn't hurt to have two of the best in the business as mentors. I look forward to seeing what you would do with your own show someday. That brings me to the teasers we've had for the Saturday show. JJ, knowing your considerable skills as a producer and host, I'm psyched to see what you have in store for us on the network. If it's any past indication, this will be another award-winning show for the network. Well, that's all I have for this time. See you on the archive and the internets. Hoonjo. Very good email. Very good email. And thank you for the compliments. I don't, I don't think I'm the best in the business, but, but thank you. I appreciate that. And, and I, I will give Brox a pat on the back. He has done a great job. Well, I thank you, man, and I thank Hoonjo because, you know, you know what got Hoonjo over with me big time is Hoonjo can write his ass off. And, you know, when he and I were doing columns at one time and, and I would write a column and then he would write one, I would be like, damn, you know, how do I top that? He's an awesome writer, and I have nothing but respect for him for that. And thank you for the kind words. And I think that your frustration with WWE isn't as much the content as this, you know, JJ, this three hour shit. It's just, it's a little too much for me, man. Even if they went two hours, 30 minutes, I could live with it. But you know, three hours, this, this I think needs to, and will end at some point because it, it it's just, it's, it's a little overwhelming. All of a sudden, I have the Gilligan's Island theme going through my mind. I don't know why. Maybe it was because of the three-hour Raw, you know. A three-hour Raw. A three-hour Raw. Right. The segment started getting rough. My fandom, it was tossed. Yeah, I don't know. The I, commercials, I just, my salad almost got tossed. I don't know. Apparently, apparently uh, Daniel Bryan's salad did get tossed on TV <laughs> last night. So this does fit in. Maybe uh, I'll write that into a song for next week. I don't know. I just, for some reason, just stuck in my head. I, I'm not a fan of these three-hour rolls either, and, and I feel your pain, Hunjo. I really do. I felt for a while that I've been disconnected from the product. and I don't watch TNA because when I do watch it, I hear all this great stuff about it, and then I just, they do something stupid, and it makes me not want to watch it again. I just don't feel I can invest my time in TNA. And, I mean, that's no offense to any TNA fans out there. Don't, don't take it as such. I mean, you're all entitled to your opinions. And I don't, like, you know, hold it over your heads that you're TNA fans. And I would expect you not to, you know, think I'm just a hater. Every time I've ever said anything bad about TNA, I've had something to back it up. Um, you know, and, and there's a lot of you that don't like WWE. And, again, it's, it's night and day. I'm not comparing the two companies. Um, there's a lot of things WWE does that I'm not happy with. And as the father of three children that watch the product, I mean, at least they're into it. But, you know, for the most part, I've just, you know, I find myself in the same boat as you. I don't feel like they're appealing to me anymore. Well, there's going to come a point where we're not going to be able to do this shit anymore. There's going to become a point where they're going to ignore fans our age so much that it's going to be like, you know, I don't. I don't watch Saturday morning cartoons anymore. I used to when I was a kid, but I outgrew it. And I think what's happen, happening with wrestling is we're we're outgrowing it. And it's been said time and time again. You know, guys in our 20s, 30s, you at least can have some, you know, tie to it because you've got young kids that enjoy it. So through them, you can stay focused on it. But for somebody my age and, you know, Hunjo and... You know, guys who may not have kids who are into it, yeah, it, it 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 grows old on you. And I still enjoy it, 
But like I said, to me, the three-hour thing is what's killing it for me. It's just too much. If they didn't have SmackDown and they had three-hour Raws, I could live with it. But you've already got SmackDown. You've got NXT. You've got your new Saturday morning show. A two-hour Raw is plenty. Believe me. Well, and I hope that at some point they scale it back and maybe just do something else. I, I think it would be awesome if they did, like, and this is just me, again, you know, feel free to take my ideas and run with them, WWE. I think it would be a, a fantastic idea to, instead of having a three-hour Raw, you want to fill that three-hour time slot, fucking put NXT on USA that first hour. Yeah. Because you're seeing the future of the business, the guys that are going to be the next stars in the company. And what, what a great lead-in for Raw to have NXT right there in that first hour and then raw the, the, the last two hours. I, I just I think it would be a better idea, you know. I don't know. I since it's not televised on TV, it just seems like the right way to do it. I, that's what I would do personally, but I'm not booking this shit. So yeah, and when you know December or January comes around and we see NXT on before Raw, once again, write that check out to JJ Sexay. Replace the S with a dollar sign. That's how my man does it, and. Give him his, you know, give him his props. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, hey, you put Tough Enough on before Raw. Remember that? I mean, yeah, they did that for a while. Why not put in NXT? It, I think it would do better. And I watched Tough Enough. I enjoyed it. Back, you know, the original, the first two, like the first one with Al Snow. I, I loved it. And I think definitely you've got, you know what makes me laugh? They had at one time superstar. Was it superstars televised? And the network basically said, "No, it sucks. We don't want it anymore." Well, yeah. See, what what happened was, and WWE was was brilliant with this, but it came back to bite them in the ass. What they did was they went to WGN and made this deal for this show that they said was going to feature the top talents, you know, like the Undertaker and Randy Orton and John Cena. And they did a couple episodes where those guys showed up and, and did some stuff. And then after that, it was Tyson Kidd and Harry Smith and Drew McIntyre and the lower card guys every week. You didn't see John Cena. You didn't see The Undertaker. You didn't see Triple H. You didn't see Shawn Michaels. You didn't see any of the guys that they made that deal with WGN to be a part of that broadcast. And WGN said, oh, you know what? We're done with this. And that's what happened there. Well, I mean, you know, the, the the thing that nailed Tough Enough for me was when they had, like, guest superstars every week, Triple H would show up. You know, I love that segment where he goes, what's the difference between the bump you just took and this? And Triple H just slams himself to the mat and gets up. He says intensity. You know, put NXT on before Raw, and every week... Have a guest show up. Have a Shawn Michaels there. Have an Austin there one week. Have a Rock there one week. Give people a reason to watch it. And I, I haven't caught too much of NXT, but I know you've put it over a lot where you say you enjoy it. So I value your opinion. If it's that good, hell yeah. Throw it on before Raw so we don't have to get inundated with the same shit every week and 10 hours of commercials. But you know what the problem is, Bronx? And this is just my personal opinion. You don't have to agree with me, disagree. I don't really care either way. Right. But the reason they will not do that 
is because NXT would get better ratings than fucking Raw because it's a better wrestling product because it centers around wrestling. There's not a lot of entertainment hype bullshit segments. It's about guys going out there, learning how to wrestle the WWE style, and putting on fucking matches. And because of that, it would draw better ratings than what you're seeing on Raw. And there's no way that they would have a show like it better ratings than the flagship Monday Night Raw show. So there's no way that'll ever happen. Well, who gives a fuck? You're still making money any way you look at it. I mean, it, it would go over with, with older fans like us. You'll still have the demographic for Raw. I, I don't think it would get better ratings than Raw. I don't know if I would agree with that, but it will definitely get true wrestling purists. You know, who well, really well, listen, like listen, the- for, for the one hour broadcast, I guarantee you it will be of the three hour block. It would get the best rating for that three hour block. Mm. I guarantee you. I guarantee wow. fucking to you. Wow. Well, hopefully, you know, we'll get a chance to prove you right or wrong or me right or wrong. Maybe they'll do it. Who knows? Time will tell. Let's go to the phone lines. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? This is Anthony. What's up, dude? Uh, first off, um, it's kind of unfortunate that Trey's uh, taking a break, but I understand because he was doing a lot of stuff for the network and all that. So if he wants to take a break, like you, JJ, go right ahead. I'm, I, I think no one in the, the network will complain. Okay. I, I mean, when I'm ready to take one, I'll, I'll take one. All right. And I agree with you saying NXT is a great show. I'm like, I watch that show every week, and I'm like saying, dude, this guy, at least a TV deal will get – Probably great ratings, and um, some of those guys are deserving to get up in the higher rank, higher um, brand of Raw SmackDown. I mean, I'm, um, getting, I'm getting static in the chat. People saying, well, I doubt they would do better than Raw because it's a bunch of no-name guys. You know what? People will tune in, check it out, and realize that it's a better wrestling product. Maybe it wouldn't. My opinion, I think it would. And again, my opinion in a quarter won't get you a cup of coffee. And I could care less if you disagree or agree. Just putting it out there. Yeah, this, um, NXT is basically like what FCW was. And I remember seeing some great matches from FCW. So, I mean, just remember when they had uh, Seth, Rogen, uh, Seth Rollins win the belt against Ginger Mahal. Everyone thought Mahal was sucked, but he had a great match. That's what NXT does. <laughs> it gives guys who basically don't have a shot in the main brands a shot to really show themselves. I love this quote from Mac Daddy in the chat. A bunch of people would tune in and say, who the hell are these guys, and watch football. They do that now, Mac. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that, that's a great argument, but that's what they do now. They tune into Raw and be like, who's this guy? Oh, it's John Cena. I'm going to turn it back to Raw, uh, football. But um, I said, in your opinion, I was like, I'd say you had to pick three guys from NXT to go into, like, Raw SmackDown, who would they be? Sorry, what was the question again? If you had to pick three people from NXT, doesn't matter who, who would you pick to go to Raw SmackDown? Three people from NXT. Um, hmm, this is a, a tough one for me. Um, I would say, first of all, Richie Steamboat. I think yeah, that guy's going to be a, a, a big-time player. Um, I think Cassius Ono, I'm, I'm impressed with his character. I, I hate the name. I think the name is ridiculous, but I think Cassius Ono is going to be another guy that's that's going to have a, a bright future. And I would say uh, I would say the former Tyler Black, Seth Rollins. And if we can pick another person, how about Paige, the uh, diva? She's. A, I would like to see her get a shot, uh, really show herself on TV. Well, I'm saying get, 
Uh, Page is very, but allegedly now they have finalized the contracts for both Pac and Sarah Del Rey, and they're going to be joining NXT very soon. And they're supposed to have some guy, Matt Tarvin or whatever, but unfortunately it sounds like something happened with that contract. I think he failed the drug test. I knew a guy here in Calgary locally, and I'm not going to name any names, but he was one of the top prospects, one of the last. I love it every time they talk about Rick Victor or uh, TJ, Tyson Kidd. Uh, Kid. Anytime those guys come out of the dungeon, it's always, that's the last graduate of the, of, of the dungeon. Well, there's actually more that graduated were the last class of the dungeon that you're probably going to see in the, in the next couple of years. But I love it every time they do that. Anyway, I'm not naming names here. I'm not going to say who this guy was, but a very high-profile uh, prospect here in Canada um, was going to be joining the FCW roster, was going to be getting a developmental deal uh, in the WWE back in, like, 2009. And apparently uh, a drug test was failed, and this was right after the whole Jeff Hardy gets arrested, you know, after he quits the WWE. And so they basically voided out the contract, and he had to return to the local wrestling circuit. And to my knowledge, he still isn't working for the WWE. So timing is everything. I don't know what happened with this guy, but maybe it's the same situation where something didn't mesh right, and that's why he's not working for FCW or NXT, or excuse me, NXT since they've rebranded it. I don't know. I can't speculate on the details, but that stuff does, you know, happen. And now, uh, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, you know, nowadays it's probably the first thing they do. You know, before they move you up or sign you to any type of deal, you get a drug test. So I would think it, it would be in your best interest, you know, lay off a few weeks. You know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just it's a shame because how many prospects, you know, would have been great in this company had they did the right thing and, and not failed, you know, a wellness test. I mean, that's not a way to put your foot in the door, man. That's true. And you're all saying that give Cena a break. I agree. Don't let him come back to, like, Survivor Series, like, for a tag match or whatever. Have, like, at the Hell in a Cell, like, fully team up with Ryback so uh, Foley doesn't have to take all the bumps against um, CM Punk and The Miz. Well, I mean, to put together. You, you could do that, but I, I, I think that uh... – if you put Ryback in it right now, it's. I think. I think they're just teasing it. I think it's something you're going to see in the future. But I think it's too soon for Ryback to be involved with Punk. I really think the best scenario they have is to have John Cena, maybe you know, standing outside the cage cheering on Mick Foley, uh, because he's not ready to come back yet. I mean, I, I just. I think that Foley is the guy that they need to utilize here. I don't think you need to bring in a contender for the title. The match doesn't even need to be about the WWE title. It needs to be about respect. You know, Punk keeps throwing that out there. You know, it's about respect. Well, he disrespected Mick Foley. And Mick has every right to be like, you know what? I don't care about the championship. I'm a three-time champion. I don't need this belt. I'm going to teach you some respect. I know. They can do that with um, CM Punk with Undertaker at Mania. And, and they, think about it. What, what a great tie-in to the video game next month. WWE 13. What's one of the highlights of the Attitude Era? Mick Foley and the Hell in the Cell. I mean, he's actually a featured story in the Attitude Era mode. You don't get better promotion than this. Bringing Mick Foley in, making him have a match with CM Punk in a Hell in a Cell. 
And lastly, um, what do you think your thoughts about uh, ROH having another screwed up pay-per-view streaming issue? I don't watch ROH because, again, it's not on TV. I'm not going to stream a pay-per-view. I'm not going to pay for a pay-per-view online. Um, I think it's I think it's pathetic that they offer a service that they can't they can't follow up on. I know they're having issues. They were on Go Fight Live. They had issues there. They go the new site or the new version. It screws up there. And I admit I don't haven't seen all in of ROH in the past, but as I recall seeing, there were it's the company has gone down a little bit in quality compared to the past. And I think they got to do something to brief focus or bring it back up or they're screwed in another year or so well i mean you know as myself being an expert with computers i mean when you're streaming a pay-per-view live there's a lot of bandwidth involved and obviously they're doing something wrong they don't have the servers they need they're underestimating if anything number of people that are watching and i think what happens is twice the number of people that they think are buying these pay-per-views and it's just overloading the shit out of their servers. I mean, look, if you're a company and this is your only way to get a pay-per-view on the air, you better hire some techies and buy some good equipment to make sure that shit runs like butter. I mean, two, three, four times in a row, eventually you're giving out refunds. And I don't watch ROH. I'm like, JJ, I'm just giving you the technical aspect of it. Live pay-per-view on cable is one thing. On the Internet, and especially when you have people out there who still have shitty connections, it's not easy. It may not even be all their fault. It may be the fault of people who just are trying to watch the shit on a 56K modem. Well, it ain't going to work. I think for the next... 30 years will never take over from legit televised pay-per-view. And also I think it's where they would do, they had the shows to do the pay-per-views because I think when they had the one that had Elkin versus um, Richards, it was because of the the building they were in. They just didn't, couldn't cooperate with the equipment they had. But in a way, I remember that when they, had, they recorded a pay-per-view weeks in advance and actually showed it on pay-per-view, you had to pay for it. I'm like, seriously. I could just wait like the next day or two to find out what happens to ordering the pay per view. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, guess, I agree. Anything right. else, Anthony? No, that's pretty much it. All right, man. Well, thanks for the call. No problem. Bye. All right, we'll okay, talk man. to you later. Um, I do have one more email, and I guess we're going to wrap things up since we're not getting inundated with phone calls. Um, this last one comes to us from uh, from DJ. Um. Since Bronx didn't watch Happy Gilmore, and if he doesn't next week, he should be forced to watch Mae Young topless at the Royal Rumble. I'm I'm down with that. I think oh. we should inundate his uh, his Facebook page with naked pictures of Mae Young if he doesn't watch Happy Gilmore by next week. And you know these motherfuckers will do that. You do know that, right? Yeah. So you better do it. Well, I'll watch it, but don't don't be putting no fucking naked pictures. You're going to have Bronx's finger on the delete button. No, I'm going to get fired from my job and shit. So it's, <laughs> you know, oh, man. Yeah, I'll watch Happy Gilmore. Just don't mention May Young naked again. Ugh. JJ would be getting Resident Evil 6. Um, I don't, Eventually. I don't, I don't even have Resident Evil 5. I, I just, you know, I haven't played that game. Uh, 
Yeah, I never bought it, so I don't know. Maybe. I like zombie games, so we'll see. Also, are they ever going to release the old school game WrestleFest? Your guess is as good as mine. It was supposed to be on Xbox, like, you know, back in July. Or maybe even June. And so it never did. I have no idea. I know that if you go on Xbox Live now, they have Fire Pro Wrestling, which is an avatar game. It's not the actual Fire Pro Wrestling that you're used to. But you can use your Xbox avatar. I've actually created my uh, my character on there, and I've played it once or twice. But, uh, you know, it's pretty cool. Um, thanks. NFL refs are probably getting or probably betting on games on the side, just saying. Probably. I would agree with that. Bronx is getting way better, by the way. Wow. Wow, you got two kudos tonight, man. Getting put over. Are you kidding me? I'm telling you. It's like a passing of the torch kind of moment here. Everybody's liking you. No, I'm, I'm, I'm trying my hardest, man. <laughs> well, that. Well, that's going to do it for the emails tonight, and I guess uh, I guess we're going to wrap up the show. It's been fun. Got anything major planned for uh, TNA Live this week? Well, I mean, you know, we hear that on Impact, Hogan is going to show up on Aces and Eights turf. He's going to go to them. They're not going to come to Impact. So I'm looking forward, you know, to what they do with this. And, I mean, last week... I don't know if you saw it, JJ, but what they did was they I did, kidnapped Bronx. Joseph Park. I didn't. I don't watch TNA, so I, I can emphatically tell you I did not watch it. Well, what they did was they kidnapped Joseph Park because apparently he had info on who Aces and Eights might be. And they had an Aces and Eights recruit, a guy who had to earn his patch. And what he did was... The evidence, which was located on Joseph Park's laptop, he destroyed with a sledgehammer. The next scene has Joseph Park saying, well, you destroyed my, my laptop, but that information is still in here, pointing to his head. You know, I remember it. And I'll tell you, JJ, it looked good. They had this guy actually do a, a pretty good full swing with a quote-unquote sledgehammer and hit Joseph Park in the forehead, and he went down like a sack of shit. I thought we know it was a gimmick sledgehammer, but the imagery was pretty goddamn disturbing. So I'm looking forward to where they're going to go with this and uh, tune in to uh, TNA Chat Live. We'll, we'll break it down like we always do, and, uh, you know, you guys make that show. So please call in as soon as the phone lines are open. Absolutely. So we've got TNA uh, chat live on Thursday for you guys. Uh, Friday, the open book with the sensational sequel, Sean. Uh, don't forget the podcasts here on the SNS radio uh, network, like Beyond the Bell with Sean Beckerman, who's got some new episodes out. And Sean is, is Beckerman is actually trying to hit me up to do a live show and I sent him a tweet today, and I said, well, why don't you get with me on a day you can commit to do a live show? And we'll see. So I don't know if that's going to happen. We'll see. Maybe he'll get a hold of me. We'll talk about it. I don't know. But I need people who can capably stream the show on their own and not you know, rely on Brass Eye to do everything and myself and everybody else. So you know, we'll see what can happen there. But uh, definitely check out Beyond the Bell. It is uh, it is a great show to listen to, especially if you're an old-school wrestling fan. Um, Sean Beckerman does a good job of basically outlining the past from pro wrestling, and it's definitely worth the listen. Uh, don't forget the Elite Force podcast, midweek edition with Chuck W., of course. 
And, of course, the weekend edition with William Milwaukee Walker and the Rasputin of all sci-fi and gaming himself. And, of course, my webmaster, the one, the only, Mindwipe. Who's still doing a great job on the site, by the way. And send in emails to those guys. They're always bitching. i, I got to send an email in this week to them. I'm going to try and, and do that in the next day or so. I don't know what I'm going to say, but I'll send them an email. Um, some comical moments between Walkie and Mindwipe on, on, on Sunday's show involving me not sending an email. So if you haven't checked that out, do so. Um, don't forget the whole indie show, Running the Ropes with uh, Crelly and Maverick. And I think that pretty much wraps up all the broadcasts here on the SNS Radio Network. Now, there was an email that asked earlier from Hunjo about my Saturday night show that hasn't happened yet. Um, I'm going to be real honest with you people. I haven't gotten to the point where I'm ready to come back. I mean, right now I'm doing Wrestling News Live and Sunday Night Showdown. And to be honest, my life's been pretty hectic lately, so I haven't really had the opportunity to sit down and say, okay, we're going to do it now. And I I don't want to commit to something and then two weeks later not be able to do a show. I mean, if I'm going to do this, I want to be able to say, all right, I'm ready to do it, and I'm going to do it full time. Right now, I'm not in that mindset. I will be at some point. Just be patient. I'll let you know when it's going to happen. But for now, it, it's not. I mean, right now, Wrestling News Live is my primary concern on this radio network. So we'll see what happens in the future. I will probably at some point bring a show back. But for right now, I'm comfortable right here. Yeah, and, you know, you know, Trey deserves a break. And, and you know, you deserve to, to not have to do, you know, three, four, five shows. You know, I, me... I'll do as many as I can, but, you know, I haven't put in the work that you and Trey have put in and, and other hosts on this network. You know, I'm still I'm still a rookie, man, and I'll admit that. But I have fun. I had a great time with you tonight, my friend, and I appreciate you allowing me to do this with you. And I appreciate Trey giving me, you know, TNA Chat Live until he is ready to return. And thank you, you know, to everyone who sent uh, emails, Hunjo and put me over and and i really do appreciate that and i'm having a, a really great time and you know they'll they'll be content they'll be content for wwe tna and when jj's ready probably when wwe 13 drops and you know jj gets to play that shit it'll relight the fire brother you know just take your time it will it probably will you know what i i Plug the old Xbox in. I've been playing uh, WWE 12 the last, you know, the last couple times I've been able to play some games, and I was messing around on my Universe mode, which is my uh, basically my Saturday Night Slam Master slash, you know, Capcom Wrestling Federation, where I've got all the major wrestling characters from video games, you know, like Zangief from Street Fighter and uh, a couple other guys from Street Fighter and guys from Tekken, and so I'm playing this the other night and. Um, you probably, you're not going to know anything I'm talking about, but just you know, just bear with me for a second. Uh, mm-hmm. My United States champion is a guy from Saturday Night Slam Masters called uh, Biff Slamkovich. He's basically Russian, and he was trained by Zangief is his backstory. And uh, I had him defend the title at SummerSlam against a character known as Gunlock in the U.S., but I'm calling him Lucky Colt. That was his Japanese name. Uh, but he's basically an all-American character. He's supposedly related to Guile from Street Fighter. He's like a cousin or something. And so they're rivals and sometimes teammates. And so I decided to have a, a U.S. title match, which ended up being a, an Iron Man match at SummerSlam. And I wish I had recorded this match 
because it was fucking epic. I played as uh, as Lucky Colt, and basically Lucky Colt ended up winning the United States Championship. But in this match, again, it's a Iron Man match. It's a thirty minute Iron Man match, and in the thirty minutes, I shit you not, he would get a fall, I would get a fall. He got a fall, I would get a fall, and it came up to about the last two minutes of the game. I think we were tied at like four and four. And going into the last 30 seconds of the game, I hit my signature move, which is uh, basically uh, a series of punches. And I pinned him with two seconds left on the clock at five to four to become the U.S. champion as Lucky Colt. Wow. I mean, fucking amazing. I've never done a game that cool. I wish I had recorded it, but it was fucking amazing. You know, I had heard WWE 13. Maybe I'm wrong here, JJ. Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong thing. But I read somewhere that they're supposed to bring in the the I Quit match. Yes, the I Quit match is rumored to be back, which is where you put the microphone in front of your opponent. Also, wow. special referee is back, too. Man, I remember back... It was the last wrestling game ever made for the N64. And it would be like my brother and I would be playing, and I would tell him, all right, you wrestle, I'll be the guest referee. And it was so much fun just fucking the the AI out of a match, like one, two, and I get up and like, no, no, bro, still got more to go. The, the referee was one of my favorites, and if they're bringing that back, I'm all for it. That's cool. Well, anyway, I'll, we'll get more into depth with W13 coverage once we get it. I'm going to try and get a hold of uh, someone at THQ so that we can get an interview um, with Brian Williams or Corey Ledesma, somebody from THQ, closer to the release of the game so we can get all the, uh, hopefully, all the, the facts on what's happening. But uh, I, I do, again, want to thank you for joining me tonight, and I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the SNS Radio Network and listening to Wrestling News Live listening to two guys just kind of ramble about pro wrestling and whatever else we want to talk about. Movies, video games, you name it, we talk about it here. And uh, it's because of you guys we're still doing the show. So thank you for tuning in and listening and being supportive on this network. I appreciate it. Bronx appreciates it. Everybody here appreciates you guys listening to the stuff. So thank you so much. And on that note, I'm going to kick it over to JSK, and I've got a special song of the night that I'm going to dedicate to one Justin Roberts, the WWE ring announcer. And on that note, tell them bye, Bronx. Take care, everyone. Good night. JSK, take us out here, buddy. Cool. With that being said, thank you very much for listening to the show. Thanks for everybody uh, that participates in the forum boards, and thanks for everybody participating in the chat room. Until next week, Peach 420, kiss my ass. Good night, white people. I'm out.
gotta make it to the next Raw show in town. Vince will kick his ass and fire that man. He can drive. 55. Slow it down, Justin. Slow it down. Drives 55, Ricardo might be taking this place next week. so sad if Justin lost his job and Ricardo had to take over because he couldn't drive 55. So sad. Wow. Slow down, Justin. Watch out for playgrounds on the is not affiliated with the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, or any other professional wrestling and or entertainment companies and exclusive to the SNS Radio Network.